what's up everybody welcome to another episode of downtime with downstar episode 85 and today we have a couple first this is the uh first time we're doing a skype podcast so uh thank you for being on today's guest is reed lundy from ks2 kaizen speed yes sir did, did i pronounce it right you did kaizen speed bravo kaizen speed kaizen the- speed <laughs> the Japanese philosophy of continuous improvement. There you go. Is that is that's what it means? That that's what Kaizen represents. Yeah. Rock and roll, dude. There there goes one question off the list. But today <laughs> is another special because today is your special day. Oh, it is. Happy birthday, man. Thank you, sir. How what, how are you celebrating tonight? Uh, I'm going to go tune a car when we're done with this podcast oh. and then um probably just work on product development the rest of the day it's going to be the best day ever so you're always working bro yes sir so uh for everybody listening right now if you can give them a quick rundown of what you guys do at uh ks tuned kaizen speed sure. what do you what do you prefer so we've got two brands oh we've okay got a domestic, we've got a domestic brand and an import brand so we've got two websites two instagrams oh, two wow. youtube channels yeah so two two completely separate brands that service different markets you know Oh, sweet. Okay. So KS Tuned, you know, Kaizen Speed KS Tuned has been, you know, what it started at 15 years ago. Wow. And, you know, we were H-Series heads where we still are, where we develop products just for the H&F series. Gotcha. And, uh, and then about five years ago, we were looking for new markets. We played with the BMW 335 market for a couple of months. Uh, actually, no, about a year and a half. I bought a 335 twin turbo, developed a single turbo uh, manifold, and was working on a kit. Yada yada, that didn't work out. Um, not a lot of interest there, and mm-hmm. so we jumped into the GM thing in 2014. I bought a, uh, a C6 Z06, and the rest is history. We've been tuning GM stuff ever since. Nice man. So you say you started KS Tune in 15 years ago? Fuck yeah, that's yeah, crazy, pretty much. man. So it was, you know, in high school, mm-hmm. I had a, uh, so I actually went to auctions looking for an EGSI, you know, like the rare, like single cam VTEC sunroof, like, you know, not, not a DX, but like really looking for an SI. Couldn't find one, ended up with the Prelude and the rest is history. Like at that time, that was 2000 yeah. or yeah, that was in the year 2000 and there was not a lot of, you know. Like our first product was the balance shaft eliminator kit. There was some people talking about doing it, but nobody had really developed a kit to do it. Yeah. And and that was our first product, um, the balance shaft eliminator kit in like 2003. And then, yeah, I've just been developing products for the H series ever since. So how did you get to that point where you were even um, looking for a Honda? How'd you get into Hondas? Oh, man, just, you know, this is this is 99 or 2000. Like that was... That, that just represented everything to me, you know, like freedom, uh, you know, kind of the fix that I needed for adrenaline. And it kind of also, uh, I don't know, satisfied me like mentally because there were so many things that I could figure out. I could swap this engine and this engine. And, you know, I was watching all the Hasport stuff and they had engine mount kits and then they had wiring harness stuff. And I remember that just and I just used to blow my mind. Yeah. You know? So. <laughs> you what made you get into actually in into hondas besides anything else 
uh, Honda instead of something else. I just because that's what was going on at the time. Like th- those were the cars that were making power. Like Papadakis was doing crazy things, and you know, in '99 and 2000, and that that was just that was just the brand that was doing it. And back then, you were still in uh, Washington. Still am. Yep. Same so- place. So where yes, would sir. you where would you get your uh, information about Hondas back then before the internet? Dude, <laughs> before and the internet. in Washington too. <laughs> we you know we just got electricity up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Man, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I just turned the fire off about an hour ago. So the, the barrel, the barrel yeah, with the fire inside. Yeah, now we got electricity and everything. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> but so. that was that was even before the internet was really that popular uh social I mean, media wasn't around do you remember super honda dude i got into hondas in about 2007 2008 so everything before oh, sh- that yeah dude i have i i just have secondhand information on it all so super honda was before honda tech and uh like that's where everything was everything was on superhonda.com it's kind of like like myspace like mm-hmm. super honda was like you know it just went away yeah so that's where we got all our information back then, yeah. Okay, so before you were even driving, um, tell us a little bit about your your uh, your upbringing. Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't come from a car family. Uh-huh. I just, you know, I think that's what I liked about it. Is it represented like my thing? Yeah. You know, it was for me. So yeah. it wasn't, you know, like playing football for my dad or anything. You know what I mean? It was just what I wanted to do. And yeah. it was, uh, so yeah, I just was, I just dove in head first, you know, like I never got into like partying and drinking and drugs and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever other high school kids were doing. I don't know. I was, I just, I always found my kind of my happy place with car stuff, you know, As, figuring it out. Is, yeah. Is, What's interesting to me? Uh, just like a very early age, you were just in love with cars. I I don't know. Um, I, you know, I was doing RC cars. I don't know that it's necessarily cars. It's just figuring things out. Got you. Know? you. It's it's just like being creative and designing things. And you know, I, dude, I've been a I've been a entrepreneur. I guess you could say from the beginning. Like I haven't had a job since I was nineteen. Really? Um, wow. I've, I've worked for my I've worked for myself since I was nineteen. Um, like fully, like to support my my whole lifestyle. And even when I was in seventh grade, man, I had a skateboard wax company called Good Fishy Earwax. <laughs> Good Fishy Earwax. Yeah, man. And how did that name seventh, come up? When, who knows, man? <laughs> who knows? You, I mean, you know, back then it was uh, Ed Templeton. Uh, like a lot of weird kind of skateboarding culture was, was going on. And so, yeah, man, I had a, a skate wax company and I had like learned how to make, uh, like origami boxes. So uh-huh. I could, I could fold up, a like a piece of paper into like an origami box and I put my skate wax inside it and I printed it on like neon paper and like I sold it in skate shops when I was no you know, 12. Shit. You know what I mean? I, I made like a whopping, you know, probably $20 over the life of the company. <laughs> But, you know, I used to I used to melt paraffin wax into an orange juice container and I would grind up pencil lead because graphite is like a lubricant. Uh And I would sprinkle that in the wax and then the bottom layer of the the bar of wax would be like 
uh, graphite infused. And so it worked really good on like curbs. Uh And then the top half of the wax where the graphite kind of wasn't would be better for like rails or things like that. So it was like a double use. (laughs) Yeah, man. I still feel like that's a good idea. I kind of want my son or or, or maybe I'll get back into it and reintroduce good fishy earwax. Dude, that's crazy, bro. So at an early age, you just knew that you you were a creative person and you can you can hustle, or I guess, man, I you know I was born this way. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I I, I don't know. That's just that's just how it came to be. Yeah, you know, I I just been doing it for. Yeah, I guess that's just who I am. It's it seems like that's uh, that's a common occurrence with uh, a certain type of person, like a, a a hustler, entrepreneur. It's like they're just born with it. You kind of think differently about situations, and you you look at everything in a different light. Don't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, like you're a creative guy. Tell me about your stuff. Like like you know, do you have the same kind of situation? I feel like oh yeah, I love dude. that. I love that yearbook picture where you got like the Carl's Jr. Yeah, star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, dude. I, that was even even back know. in those days. I was selling CDs, um, so uh, that was that was before everybody had the the capability to burn their own CDs. Not everyone had their own computer or even knew how to get the music or what have you. You know, so I yeah. I figured out where to get it and uh, how to burn it. And then I don't know how it clicked, but I just was like, okay, I'm going to start selling this. You know what it was? It was when Eminem came out, Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, I had a buddy who had the CD probably like a month early, and he was selling oh. them. So he would give me some, I would sell them, and I would make maybe a, a couple bucks off of them or whatever. Uh-huh. So then after that, it was it was probably around the same time that I decided that I was just going to start selling CDs myself. So I, I've been in love with music ever since a child. So I had a whole collection of music already ready to go, just my personal use. So uh-huh. I ended up just making a list of it on the computer and um, passing it out at school. And people would say, hey, I want this CD. I want that. I would even pass it to teachers. And they would want Led Zeppelin <laughs> or whatever, and I would yeah. I would take their order down. I would go home, make the copy, and then come the next day, and then I would make the money. It was four dollars a CD, and every day I was selling maybe like three or four CDs. So as a kid, like, that, that's good money. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. that's what Downstar was then. Like, yeah, that's what it was. So yeah. back in the day, I was into skateboarding heavy. And uh, one of my favorite companies was that skate company, Darkstar. So, um, okay. do, are you familiar with Darkstar? I'm okay. not. So, so Darkstar, um, they have a really dope logo. It's kind of like a medieval kind of dude. And he has shoulder pads with spikes coming out of it. Yeah, yeah now I know. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah. I just played off of that name and called it Downstar. And I, I did like a an iron-on t-shirt transfer kind of thing and i got the logo dark star and i changed the letter so it said down star and then the bottom of it it said bootlegging copywritten shit since 2001 <laughs> and dude that was my first i still have the t-shirt bro and oh, it's man. crazy how everything moves full circle because uh-huh. it, it like now we're back into skateboarding and that's kind of where the where the brand started from so my entire full circle story would be as i if i could do a collabo with dark star the skate company uh-huh. so I, i'm i'm trying to work on that one 
but um, yeah dude that that's where the name came from man i it came from from that and then every time i needed something if i needed an email i needed to call a certain project something everything was downstar and that was in 2001 wow yeah so i was probably like 16 or something i can't do the math right now 15 14 something around there but yeah, yeah, dude, even before that, I was selling Happy Meal toys. I was selling baseball cards to my cousins. See, and See, like, that's the thing is like, but have you ever stopped to evaluate like, you know, you didn't wake up and like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sell X amount of these. It's going to return X amount of profit. This is my yeah. margin. Like you didn't do any of that. It's just, it's just the DNA. Yeah. It just seems just, normal. Yeah. So I yeah. guess maybe what, what it could be, I don't know if maybe you could relate to this is, um, I came from a home where it was only my dad was working. So my dad had to take care of me, my two sisters, and and my mom. And I just seen wow. how hard that he worked and how much that he had to work and the things that he had to do. So I kind of felt guilty at an early age to, to say like, hey, dad, can you buy me a video game? Can you buy me this toy? Can you buy me a new skateboard? I just didn't feel like it was right. So when I had yeah. my opportunity to start making my own money, Dude, I, I just I just took it full force for sure. So, so like I think this is what I think is interesting is, you know, you're going from making a couple of dollars burning a couple of CDs and I'm I'm making, you know, two or three dollars selling skateboard wax. Like, you know, it's not even enough to, you know, pay one month of rent in a year. Yeah. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? But now we're both making you know, full on good livings doing our own thing. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people listening are like, man, I'm going to start my hustle. Like, you know, everyone's on this Gary V. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to hustle. But like, it's a grind for like a long period of time and oh. like constantly trying to go, okay, like, don't do that. Don't do that. Learn from that. You know, da, 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 da. And I think, I think for you, like, I've always thought you were really sick in, in the way that you would, uh, and I, I do a similar thing where if you get a hater instead of you're like, man, you know, you're not fighting fire with fire. You're like, I mean, like we just do what we do. I'm sorry if you hate it, but you know, and sometimes you can yeah. turn a hate into like a huge positive. And that's yeah. what I've always thought was really cool about you. Thank you, man. I try and I've been trying to make more of a conscious decision to, to attack it in that manner because I knew uh, a lot of people that I looked up to were watching the growth of the brand and we're seeing how we were going to navigate through the growth of everything. And I definitely did take some steps back, you know, w within the, the time that we've been in business. And it's, it's a really hard balance to balance business versus how you feel as a person. And exactly. And when I feel personally attacked and I take it to that personal level, it's hard yeah. for me to, to justify it and just, think of the person as somebody who maybe they just don't know much about the company. They're thinking about it in a different way. I'm thinking about it in a more emotional way. Like, yo, why are you attacking me? I'm going to attack you now. But right. that's not the best way to look at things. It's not. It's not, not for business or for respect or just even personally. Yeah. You, you know, but it's hard to not because like you got your whole identity wrapped up in this thing. You know, like, man, this is my everything. And yeah. somebody comes on and like, man, you're ripping everybody off. You charge like $2 for a product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, man. Yeah, and you know, that, me, now looking yeah. at things, I, I just feel like they just don't know any better. And I, I, for one, I feel they don't know any better. And the, the things that they're saying, it just, 
it's it's not registering to them what it actually is like this that's how all businesses work if wherever you go the the prices are marked up so they can sustain the business and they just don't understand that it's like well if you get it for a dollar why are you selling it for two dollars why don't you just sell it for a dollar 25 you know you're still <laughs> making your profit like what the fuck this is america bro like yeah i was gonna say this isn't this isn't a socialist country that's why and it and it's yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, and and then another way that I've been looking at it lately, um, since I've been I've been more intrigued with like how people think, and that's kind of one of the reasons for the podcast uh, to get into yeah. people's minds a little more. I think about it, and I'm thinking like this dude is probably having a bad day. Something's going on with him, and I'm the outlet that he's using to let his anger out. So sometimes I'll just be like, what's wrong, dude? Are you all right? You know, like, and then, yeah. oh, and then later on, they'll message me. Hey, man, it wasn't your fault. I'm sorry. All right. It's cool. We're all human, you know? So yeah. what what are uh, some ways that you look to to attack those kind of issues? Um, man, I kill them with kindness, you know? Yeah. Um, like deep down, I go train jujitsu and I choke somebody. And that's that's how I deal with it personally but when it comes to like the face and you know the professional response you know yeah I'm, I'm like you know hey at the end of the day you know we do our best I think we do a really good job we have a lot of experience etc if you have a bad experience with something that we have just let us know give us the opportunity to make it right but if you know a lot of times people come with some weird online kind of aggressive you know hate yeah and instead of fighting back with, no, you're stupid, you know, yeah. you just, I just, I literally do. I just kill them with kindness. I'm like, Hey man, I'm really sorry that you had that experience. We definitely want to take care of it. You know, let us know. And a, a lot of times people are like really blown away because they expect you to come back with the, you know, no, you know, fight fire with fire. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. I said, and then they're really surprised. And then, you know what? So th this is the thing. Then you have a, a customer for life because they just tested you. Yeah. They just tested who, what you're made out of, you know, they, they tested your salt and you came back and you proved that you were there and you know, now you got a customer for life. So anytime, like I, I have to, I still this many years in business, I still have to look at that and step back and realize that it's an opportunity, but it is an opportunity because you're never going to have that person's attention as much as you do when they're hating on you. So if you can flip it around, like they're, they're all ears just waiting for your response. Like they're, they're queued up to what you're about to say. Yeah. And so when you say something, make sure that it's the right thing. Yeah. And, and when you, uh, when you switch it around on them, it, it kind of takes away all their ammo. Yes. And, and I, when you're like, yeah, you don't fight fire with fire. You don't. Yeah. I just, like I said, I kill them with kindness and they go, well, well, that's not what I wanted you to say. And then, yeah. you know, you get the opportunity to, to, uh, like I said, turn them into a customer for life. Yeah, that's a or really a Yeah, no, definitely, man. That's a really good way to look at it and I feel like um a lot of people listening right now, they can uh they can hopefully learn from that because I see a lot of businesses still going and fighting fire with fire and me looking at it from the outside looking in, I, I I'm I kind of want to reach out to them and say like, "Hey man, that's probably not the best thing to do, but you know, then I just don't want to step overstep my boundaries, you know?" Right. Yeah, no, I fully get that one. You know, uh, you you listen to Grant Cardone. You know who Grant Cardone is? No. 
Dude, Grant Cardone is is hilarious. Like this guy is like the ultimate sales guy, and he's like, yeah, you know, everything's just like super pumped up and yada yada. But this guy, he says, he says, man, if you got ten haters, he's like, you need twenty. Get you twenty haters. Yeah, he's like, you know, you're not doing anything if you don't have anybody hating. You're yeah, not, you're not doing anything. You're just you're 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 scared. He's like, you got tw- you got ten haters. Get you twenty. Yeah, and I mean it's it's a shame that you have to that you have to deal with that, but you you have to know how to navigate to make everything work out in your benefit. And and you're definitely right, dude. If there's somebody that's hating on you, I mean, at the end of the day, at least they know who you are. They know what uh-huh. your brand is, and yeah. uh, that's better than having somebody that never even heard of you in the first place. Right. So before we get too far off track. Um, I wanted to tell you that you're actually my motivation for starting a podcast. Thanks, man. Hell yeah, dude. When you had, uh, <laughs> when you had the podcast, do it for a living podcast. I, I don't even know how I stumbled upon it, but just listening to, um, shit, I don't even remember the first episode. It could have been Dave. It could have been John from K Tune, Dave from Skunk Two, or it could have been. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I, you'll probably know which one was first. Brian from Hasport. I'm not sure. Yeah, those which were one of, those were all up up there. I think uh, Tony Palo, uh, Ben Strader from EFI University, uh, Chris Harris from Xenocron. These are these were probably the first couple. Um, yeah, I listened you know, to all those ones as well. Yeah, but just listening yeah, but, to that and having that um, having that content available. Um, and then being able to hear these business owners, business owners that I've looked up to ever since I've been in the industry and hearing their story and being able to decipher it and think like, yo, these guys aren't really special. They just hustled their ass off and made it happen. Isn't that funny? That's what everybody thinks. Everybody's like, man, they have something. I don't have that thing. You know, everybody has said, I, I can't tell you the amount of response that I get where people are like, man, I had no idea that they went through struggles. Yeah. Like people think that they just woke <laughs> up in the morning and had sunshine and fucking rainbows coming out of their ass and everything just worked out. So everybody loves that, that those guys struggled and you know, cause it, it, we all go through it. And so when you hear that somebody that you look up to goes through it as well, you kind of, it kind of puts you in check and you kind of go, all right, you know, maybe this is just what it takes. Maybe this is just how it goes. And that yeah. that's really helpful to people. And that like when I was coming up, if I could have heard those stories, I could I would have killed for that. And that's why I wanted to do that for everybody else, you know? Yeah. I just I wanted everybody else to hear that. And so, you know, like when we started the podcast, I started that in 2015. Like podcasts, I, I barely knew what a podcast was. I just, you know, so like we even had ads where we said you know, what the fuck is a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we were trying to get people to listen, cause we were like, Hey, check out our podcast. And people are like, what's a podcast? Yeah. You know, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it's cool. And it, I like the, I like the audio only because you can listen while you're just driving down the road. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, a lot of people have been telling us to, uh, post the videos, but to be honest, my idea of the video would be, a three camera setup, a camera on me, camera on the guest, camera on both of us, and a producer switching back and forth. And, yeah, so it's a big production. Yeah, and right now I don't have the the time to do that. I'd rather dedicate the time that I do have to actually keep the 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 ball rolling from the podcast. Yeah, and then, dude, I had I had no idea you had so many episodes. Really? Like, I had no idea, and that's okay. So here's the thing. 
I'm tuned into you. Yeah. Right. And I still don't know. I, I feel like that's amazing because it just goes to prove the point that like if you're not selling your product, it's probably not. You're, you're sitting there going, man, maybe my product's not good. It probably has nothing to do with that. It probably just has to do with nobody knows about it. Yeah. And you think it's your whole world and you've made 10 social media posts about it. So you think, oh, man, everybody has to know about it. They just don't like it. Yeah. No, they don't even know about it because I'm tuned into you and I had no idea you'd gone this this far with the podcast dude that's you know? so crazy man i i feel like i'm promoing a lot but i don't know man you know how the algorithm and shit is uh-huh a lot of those like, posts they don't do as well how do you i ha okay so i'm looking at your instagram a couple i don't know this was a while ago so you probably have a, a ten thousand more posts but yeah i'm like i'm like downstar he's got ten thousand instagram posts <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck i post on instagram i feel like that's all i ever think about i only have like two thousand posts yeah or what or less probably even less than that i i have i don't understand how you do it how do um, you do it well at first instagram and social media was something that i really enjoyed so that made the transition easy you know yeah. to easy for me to focus on on the business aspect of it because i was already doing it on my personal time anyways um, what I think it is, and um, this could be the issue that that you're having, is maybe you don't you don't really understand the importance of it in a deeper level. Besides, yo, know, it's something that we have to do for marketing because I see that with with a lot of businesses in in our uh, in our community. So I I don't know if, how how you feel about I, I, that. I think it's just a time thing, like. I, uh, so like I spend my day doing like technical work, right? Yeah. So I'm on the dyno tuning this or that, figuring out this problem. Um, I'm in SolidWorks doing CAD work. And so it's hard for me to like, I have to like kind of turn the world off and get into my zone and do my work. And so it's hard for me to do this flip flop back and forth. Cause you make a post and then then you get, then it elicits responses and then you have this engagement and then pretty soon that's your day. Yeah. You know, and so um, basically I just I do what I can. I try to um, I, I would love to do more. And I, I think I think I'm going to start trying to do more live stream stuff to where it's definitely, you know, where like I can I can be I can do this for this period of time. Meaning like if people have questions or whatever, they know that like there's a Q&A like now's the time. As yeah. opposed to you make a post, two hours later someone asks a question and then they expect a response right now. Well, that means I have to be monitoring it the whole time. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to do more of those types of things um, so that I can answer technical questions about our products. I well, think that's probably a big one. Well, um, how, how important do you think social media is like an honest question to your business how important do you feel that it is um i can stay steady where i'm at without it got you but i'm only gonna be able to grow this thing unless i do better with it got you because i think that um a lot of people they haven't they haven't got to that level where they understand that if i feed this machine it's gonna feed back to me and that's one but, thing go ahead but you can't feed it once right you got to feed it you got to keep going it, and you, you got to keep feeding it and 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 it so it's just like i mean 
yeah, you got to keep feeding it. It just becomes a, a thing. It just really becomes, you know, kind of a monster. Like well, the, feeding is, that monster is a becomes a new full time job. Well, what if I already have a full time job? Do you have um, maybe some young friends, young cousins, or something like that? That uh, what I would recommend, and I've recommended this to a few people, is to get like an intern. You know, maybe yeah. somebody that you can. Somebody that's always on their phone, somebody that's good with content creating. And, You're uh, a smart guy, Frank. We yeah. have a, I have a tuning apprentice that's been here for three months. He's a younger guy, and um, I'm actively encouraging him to kind of do more of this. He's got a small Instagram page, but I mean, it's a, in my business, I don't want to just put out crap. I want to put out you know, informative technical information that like people are into. And so like, it's kind of got to have this balance between, you know, good quality content and, um, kind of needs to be interesting too. Cause it's really easy to put out dry, you know, boring kind of yeah con content. So it's, I guess, long story short, I feel like you, the intern thing is, uh, it's difficult to find somebody who really has it. I feel like I feel like it's rare somebody that's really got the the salt to put out unique content. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have an intern? Do you have a guy? No. Um. I mean, my guy Alex, who works with me, he helps me out with the Instagram. And usually, what I I delegate to him is to just go on the page, go to the Explorer page, and anybody that you see that would be benefit from our product, just go and leave a comment about whatever their post is. Um, say it's a EG K swap EG. Oh, nice car, man. Nice. Oh, looks good. Just something simple, even an emoji. And I said, watch, dude, if you do this, watch in a couple hours, what's going to happen. And then we go back and people will tag us in their story. Like, oh man, look at Downstar. Thank you for the like. Thank you for the like. And that's a free shout out for nothing. Just going over yeah. there and showing them love. And then when you do that, it makes, it makes your company seem less, elite and more of more of like part elbow of the community yeah. yeah and that's uh -huh. what you want you know um i if you would have asked me years ago i wanted to be the biggest company i want to be looked at as the best and i wanted to be looked at as the most elite but right now i i feel that there's there's um strength in numbers so when i go to a car show i'm not just hanging out at the booth and just sitting back and letting my employees do it and just watching no i'm right there talking to everybody going walking checking out their cars after the meet hanging out with them because that makes them not only a, a fan of the company but a fan of of me personally and they they turn into a spokesperson for the brand itself. So, yeah. um, as far as social media goes, the have you ever heard of Andy Frisella? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's kind of the the aggressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of dude. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a podcast called the MF CEO, and he broke it down one time that made a lot of sense. He said, "Okay, so look at your your Instagram." Um, your stories is the behind the scenes of what's going on. All right, guys, today we got a Corvette in here. Uh, we just put our whatever package on it. Uh, and this is what it came in or we're going to put this package on it. So let's see what it makes right now. And that doesn't take anything. It just takes the discipline of yourself to go in there to, to take the 15, 20 seconds real quick 
And then after it's done, okay, put the phone down, then you get back to work. So that's where your behind the scenes is, is in the stories. So then after that, everything that you post is your polished final product. So then you do one picture of the car on the dyno or whatever, and then you say, okay, guys, today we had this car come in, the Z06, and um, factory makes this. We put in this package. The package cost this much. Just give a small backstory, and not even more about the product and the service, but more about what the product and the service brings like the experience you're trying to yeah, create right this customer right. johnny he's been a customer for us for a long time he used to have the civic but now he got the the corvette break it down you could even do it in a few paragraphs you know and then what you said about going live that's perfect man and that's something that um when we were doing huffy talk that when we had busy moto on he got the idea to do the tech tuesdays from being on Huffy Talk. And ever since then, dude, he's on like episode probably 60s, in the 60s now. So every yeah. Tuesday at a certain time, he'll go live and answer tech questions. So that could maybe be something that you can do as well. Oh, he's going, li he's going live to do tech questions. Yeah. yeah. I, think that's, I think that's where it's at. I think, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, you, we can create – and I'm I'm more comfortable, and I think everybody is more comfortable. Kind of, you write this this. Uh, you make a YouTube video. It's all edited. It talks about the pros and cons. All oh, my stuff fits this. It doesn't fit this. Yeah. But nobody, most of the time, people don't watch it. Or even uh, you include like I have installation guides for all of our products. But a lot of times, people don't sit down and like digest that information. Like people are better learners when they engage. Yeah, definitely. You know. But I just, but we still don't do it. And that's, I guess the biggest thing for me is realizing that's the case. So now I just need to put it in queue and get into this new habit. Because I do think that's the best opportunity to really, to really get people to understand how your product works or to engage with it is to, yeah, you just got to be like right here. Like, like if it was this environment where I'm live and you could ask me a question right now, I can answer it right now, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, so I think live streaming is where it's at. Yeah. So yeah. if you can make a schedule for, for yourself and you can be disciplined on it, just like you are with everything else and you, you feed the machine, it'll definitely pay off in the future. Um, perfect example is sheepy dude. Sheepy's page has blown the fuck up. I, I can I can say he's probably gained over a hundred thousand followers within this year just because he focused on social media. It's I mean, granted he does have amazing content. Like anything with a supercar in there is gonna do great. But the formula sure. is the formula, you know, you just gotta feed the machine. So the question, though, is of those 100,000 followers, right, how many of those guys are, like, qualified buyers? And I would say it's 1%. Most of those are kids who like Lamborghinis. Yeah. You know? So there, it, it depends on kind of what you're trying to build. You know, if followers are what you're trying to build, that's cool. There definitely is a correlation between followers and, and you know, business growth over time. But there's also a lot of really big successful businesses that don't have that. So I guess uh, I'm not discounting it by one iota. I'm just saying that 
followers don't pay mortgages, bro. No, definitely, definitely. And you can see that from uh, like social media influencers like models. You know, you people are following the models just because of how they look They're hot. But yeah. when the models try to sell something, nobody's buying that tea. Nobody's buying the, the teeth whitener shit. Nobody's buying their merch. <laughs> so in that aspect, I could see it not making sense. But when you're in the automotive community, you can actually change somebody's mind from going with a K series to an H series because you're providing the value. Mm -hmm of it and nobody yeah. else is providing value nobody's True. taking the time to interact with with the uh, with their audience nobody's taking the time to do lives and mm -hmm. um those are all opportunity to, opportunities that are just left on the table so yeah. if, if you were able to to just delegate that f literally 10 minutes out of your day divide it up to just post something on your story every day you're going to want to have maybe 10 to 15 story post right just whatever you're doing all right guys we just finished that car we're about to head to lunch right now with the team the whole team goes to lunch all right make a little joke or something like that so what that does is that brings the the allure of ks tuned or kaizen speed is so out of here that even if I send them a DM, they will never answer me to, hey, look at these guys are just like me. They're going to to Arby's or whatever yeah, at lunchtime. Yeah. Oh, I had Arby's. And then you'll see DMs getting, oh, man, that looks good or something like that. <laughs> then you shoot them a, a thumbs up or it was good. That Dude, I do that all day. And it's maybe it's because I've been doing it for so long that it doesn't it doesn't really seem to me like I'm wasting time, you know, mm -hmm. because that – this, this is for marketing. This is where my marketing dollars, hours are going to is focused on social media. It's just a little more fun than putting ads up on Super Street or getting clicked sure. on, on Google or something like that. I spend all of my time tuning cars and developing products. And I, I'm, you know, I mean, that's, that's just, uh, that, that's just what, what we do here. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's rough trying to balance the two because in my opinion, they're, they're two different for, at least for my mind, it's, it's hard for me to shift gears. I'm doing this to doing this, to doing this, to doing this. So I, at the end of the day, I got to find out what works for me and, um, you know, yeah. And that's so what we'll do here. Here's a good one, right? Um, do you have your Instagram set up as a business page? Yeah. Okay, cool. Anybody listening, if you have a business, small business, large business, this will work out for you. So what I do is um, if you can spend some time during the during the week on Photoshop making um, story post, right? So it'll show your uh, rear trailing mm -hmm. arm kit. It'll show You're the, gonna the NOS And plate. then schedule them. No, well, not schedule them. Just have them in your phone. So when you're going, okay, I haven't posted something. Even if it, if you need the discipline of setting an alarm for yourself every three hours, say post on story. Okay, cool. Let me post on story. Whatever you're doing at that second. Or if you just go to the, the story folder in your pictures. Find them. Boom. Click that. Okay, go to your website. Copy the link put the, the swipe up, put the link in there, and then just put swipe up, and then that's it. That's your two minutes that you're dedicating to social media. So you yeah. stop what you're doing, do that real quick, boom. okay, let me get back on this dyno. But what happens a lot of the time is that you don't see the value in it 
So then you'll say, oh, okay, I'll do that later. And then you forget and then you go a whole day without putting anything up. So one <laughs> tip would be to have a folder full of maybe 20 to 30 posts of product pictures of somebody that's using your car and then you're just or using your products on their car and then you're just rotating it. And then inside of that, you're mixing in original content of what's going on at that time. But you really want to use that swipe up feature. So even if it's a swipe up like, hey, guys, if you want to know how to install the uh, rear trailing arm setup, swipe up and it'll take you to our YouTube video. Just copy the link from the YouTube video, put it in there, and that's all you got to do. And then you mm -hmm. have that ammo ready to go. Yeah, no, that's a good, uh, I think that's a really good point is doing it uh, when you, you know, kind of carved out a section of time so that you can do your thing and then then actually uh, posting it becomes, you know, it's not it's not the time to post it. It's like I want to I want to be thoughtful and I want to take the time to like write a caption or something that like means something to somebody. And so that requires a brain shift. So I'd, I'd also, you know need to kind of write the caption that would that's going to go with the i don't know if i'm going to make a post for example yeah even those thoughtful you know I mean? posts you i i post on my instagram i mean i post i try to post as much as i can but i can go i can go a day maybe two post and that's good enough to keep you sustained two post um some work on the story and then um just commenting back and forth, things like that. You can even give that to your intern. You could tell your intern, hey, okay, when you when you have some time, every hour I need you to check the, the social media, any comments, any comment that you receive, you like the comment and you comment back, whether it's an emoji, whether if they say like, oh, where do I get that? Oh, hey, shoot me a DM or something like that. And then they mm -hmm. shoot you the DM and then you can have a small conversation there. I think a lot of us that we we put a little more to it than it actually is. I, I get so many DMs throughout the day and it's not full on conversations. It's really just some dude that needs help. Hey, man, I have a K-Series transmission. I wanted to get bolts for my transmission. All I have to do is go to the link, send it over. Here you go, bro. If you have any questions, let me know. And that's something you don't have to do because it doesn't take the knowledge that you have it's just general things yeah and you can so delegate much, that to how, anybody you know how much time do you spend youtube facebook instagram like uh, what's the facebook you know? facebook and youtube i i don't see the value in any of those things um and as far as Facebook, I just don't like the platform. I don't like the the crowd that it brings, and it's it's an actual negative energy for me. So I but really Facebook don't. is the only place that you could go like like go live and have an interactive Q and A. No, you could do it on Instagram. Can you? Yeah, that's how I would do Huffy Talk. That was through Instagram. Okay. So yeah, it'll just Good go to me, bro. Yeah, to all your followers, dude. So when you go to uh, to post on the story, you could swipe over to do like a boomerang or something like that. If you swipe over to the right, it'll say go live, and then you click that, and then it'll tell everybody on the top where the stories are. It'll say that you're live, and that would be one thing too as well. If there's a day in the week that's a little slower for you, if you can decide to do like a Tech Tuesday. You know, something, something is like that. BC's Tech Tuesdays are on Instagram. Mm -hmm. cool. And every time I go in there, there's at least 50 or 60 people. And relatively, you would, 
it, I've had lives where there's maybe a hundred or so, but if you just really think about it, having 50 people in one room listening to you, that's a lot of people. So no matter, even yeah. if you have 10 people, 12 people, that's 10, 12 potential customers that you could have just from that interaction. And you don't have to do a whole hour. You could dedicate it 30 minutes or you can make it 15 minutes, whatever you, whatever you feel like you want to make it say, say you have like a clever name that you want to call it something like that. Um, a certain day of the week or something, you know, make it fun. And then on your story post, be like, okay guys, tomorrow, um, KS Tune Tuesdays tomorrow. If you have any questions, I'll be live from from twelve to one, answering all your questions. So these people know. Okay, I'm not gonna blow up his his DMs. I'm not gonna blow up his comments, but I'm gonna ask him live. And then when mm-hmm. the you are you already are, you're comfortable with talking and being in front of the camera, so it's it's not gonna be a problem for you at all. No, it's just a matter of dedicating time, right? I mean, yeah. it's just a matter of like, you know, how you divide up your day. And and like you said, finding value in it. If if you can convince yourself that it's valuable, then it's no problem to do it. But when you've when you've already, you know, I guess when you've already got kind of your day split up, it's an it's another new thing to do. So you need to something's gonna have to go to make room for that thing. But like like we talked about, I I totally a hundred percent agree that it's a I mean, it's the best way to engage with people. And man, you know, unless unless you're physically there, that's the best way. Physically Definitely. at at the track, you know, mixing it up with people, like where they get to see kind of what you're about. Um, so the next best thing is, you know, live, because um, like like just like this. Yeah, you're in you're in California. I'm in Washington State, and through the power of computers. <laughs> yeah. We can have this conversation. This is crazy, dude. This is this feels as real of a conversation as it can be. There's there's no lag. The sound is perfect. The video is perfect. As long as you can see me, I can see you. Perfect. I can see your beautiful face, buddy. Hey, for thank sure. You. I appreciate. So, it. did you see my beautiful so, T-shirt? Ah, uh, king. And my beautiful uh-huh. hat too. That's what's up. Lincoln bio. <laughs> See down downtime with downstar. So you're wearing your your you're wearing my stuff. I'm wearing your stuff. I oh, I was gonna it. tell you as a side note. So yeah. I was on the dyno yesterday, and you know, a car's not really making power. And then I put your hat on, and all of a sudden it was up like 11 wheel horsepower. So, oh shit! I there mean, you it go. May or may not be dyno proven. I'll take you it. Know, I'll that take the hat's it. worth 11 wheel. So definitely, man. You know, it's science. <laughs> so, but yeah. That, back to the, the social media stuff, I can understand that people uh, – so how old did you turn today? 36. 36. Oh, shit. That's dope. I'm I'm 34, so we're not even that far apart. Okay, okay yep. so, so 36. So – and you've had your business for 15 years. So implementing something new into your business – maybe does that seem like something something foreign to you or something uncomfortable what like implementing what like social more, media time like more social media time like taking it taking it seriously yeah or taking it more seriously um no i mean i i, I guess the 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 issue is it's a long deal so it's just you're just gonna have to like have faith in the process so yeah you, know, you just like so you know i'll start doing a thing and then i'll then i'll get busy and then it'll go away yeah and then then it was a waste of time honestly because it's it's got to be consistent 
you know, I think I think it's got to be done consistently over time, don't you think? Oh yeah, definitely, man. And that's like one or two or a couple months. I, I think know? I think if you dedicated two months to this to this new schedule that you would have, you so you would start off check your analytics and then in a month check it again. I guarantee hundred percent it'll be up from from where it is now. For uh, sure and always doing things like giveaways or just interacting with with your uh with your audience that helps out tremendously man and so you don't do any email stuff huh no i mean I, that's probably an opportunity that i'm missing out on but like you say man you only have a, a certain amount of time throughout the day and to me mm -hmm. i maybe the way that i'm thinking about it is a naive way of thinking about it but I get emails all day from businesses in our industry and I never click them because yeah. that's yeah. how many people actually check their email like we do. The way that we check our email is not the way that the general public checks their email. For instance, my wife, I look at her emails and there's like 21,000 unread and that's pretty <laughs> much how most people are because that's how I was when I, when I, didn't have a business. I get like 20 at probably at least 20, 25 emails a day. And I always keep my inbox. Um, I keep my inbox below 200. Yeah. Um, emails like that's kind of my number. It, it was originally 50, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now it's 200 and the ones that are kind of lingering there, I go back every few months and kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I leave it there just kind of cause I wanted to, to read it when I had some time or something, but you're right. I don't click on, on, most emails but by the same token i don't click on most social media posts you know you're kind of doing this okay look at that okay look at that so um i mean i guess that's why you have to do it so consistently over time just so that you know you're more likely to be in front of of people because look I, like i said i had no idea you were this far on the podcast thing and i'm tuned into you yeah you know and and so i guess that that the only thing that i'm saying about that is that it's it's hard to gain someone's attention when there's like look something shiny look something shiny there's all this shit going on you know so it's it's definitely difficult to grab someone's attention when there's so much going on yeah and then when you want to switch them over to another plat platform like um uh emails or Facebook or, or something like that. It, it's hard, man. So I feel that Instagram is the best tool that I have available for marketing. And that's why I put most of my time towards that. And anything else is, is usually just for like pleasure. If you'll see my post on Facebook, most of those are, are geared towards motivating people, um, talking about certain discussions. But it's not really about, hey, check out this new product or check out this link because I just never felt a value in it. And mm. people can, I can do the same thing. I can post something new product on, uh, I just release a new product. I can post the link. They can click the link, but it's just, it, I feel for me that it, it doesn't have the same effect as, as an Instagram would. Mm. And Instagram is where I feel that the quote unquote cool kids are. So <laughs> if you want, if, that's one thing about marketing too is networking with people and you know and working with this them right that here, way. This right here. Yeah. This is the best way to network, man. Yeah. Like these these like these like I'm telling you podcasts 
and and these like in-depth conversations where you really have somebody's full attention man you get to learn so much about that person and then then you know Man, like you and I just became friends. Hell yeah. I'm learning so much about you right now. <laughs> Thank you. you know? I'm glad I, you like I really me. I like that. You know? <laughs> I, like, I like doing that. And I, I like that same situation on, on Do It For A Living. I get to learn about, you know, I, I get somebody's undivided attention. I get to learn about them. And it, it just blows my mind, um, you know, how much we all have in common. Yeah. So let's get back to the podcast. Um, what is the status of it? And what's your role in the podcast as of now? Sure. So I started the podcast in 2015 and I was going hard for about a year. We were doing two a week. Oh, nice. Rele- releasing them every, um, like on schedule every Tuesday, every Thursday, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, at 6am like that, you know, they were edited and released and, and everything. And then, you know, I kind of fizzled out because it was just, it, it was a side gig, mm-hmm. you know, but it was turning into a full-time job. But I, I have employees and I have a shop and I have uh, products to, to work on. And so it was just, it was a lot. I kind of stopped and fizzled away. And then the guys who have it now um, contacted me about buying it and they bought the podcast and mm-hmm. they, and I had started the do it for a living Facebook community, which we still have. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, it's only business owners. So you, you can, be rest assured kind of the type of people that are in there yeah you know you're gonna be able to talk about customer based things that you know my podcast was about business and uh you know and business in the motorsports community and kind of the human stories behind it to help people that are up and coming guys in their garage that just like want this more than fucking anything man yeah they just want it and this was a tool to help those guys out um and so, yeah, so the current status is there's still podcasts going on. I haven't done uh, any episodes in a while, but this month I'm going to do uh, three to four new episodes. So I'm going to be back cool. um, doing some new ones. Um, so I've got some guys lined up. I'm pretty excited about that. So, um, so yeah, man, I'm just, just steady jamming, you know, kind of ups and downs as far as, you know, I focus over here for a while, then I'll focus over here for a while. Um, lately... The last couple of years, I've been focused entirely on new product development that is not make model specific. So I'm trying, I'm working on two particular products. One is already patent pending that I'd love to talk to you about. And the other one I can't talk to you about yet, but they are um, just, I'm really proud of what they are. And, you know, I like, just like you. I like to create things and I've really been pushing myself on these other products. These are going to be things that um, just really aren't as easy to knock off as like this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's definitely something that I, that I yeah. want to get into. I know that that's going to be a really deep and in-depth uh, conversation. <laughs> so I just want to pick your head a little more about the uh, the podcast stuff and then yeah, um, yeah, yeah. we can move on to the uh, the less fun things. That's definitely a conversation that, that I do want to have and I'm glad that we can have it, especially with so what's, the, what's, up what's with going the on. So when you would do the podcast – what uh what would it look like beginning to end um so i'm talking about reaching out to a guest and to the time that you upload it what was your sure. what was your uh your way of doing things so i started with my friends and 
you know, Chris Harris from Xenocron and Tony Palo from T1. And then I kind of used them to say, hey, what about this guy? They would put me in touch with that guy. And then we would just kind of daisy chain down from there, you know. So we would, uh, like I said, start with friends. Those guys would recommend us to their friends. And we'd just kind of go down the, the line that way. So then I would, like, let's say, so for example, uh, Tony's a buddy of mine. Um, he's obviously epic. And he pointed me to uh, Martin from AMS. So he would send an introductory email like, hey, this is Reed. He's not full of shit. You should go on his show. Um, he'd say, sure, let's do that. And then we would record that episode and, and put it up. And then, you know, same kind of thing. You know, you get guys that, that are uh, willing to kind of point you to their friends. You know, like certain guys are, are kind of like hubs of information, yeah. you know, or, or hubs of kind of you know, referrals. Yeah. And so then they, they'd point you to those other guys. And I just, I, I've been doing this for a really long time as far as being in the industry. So I had a lot of friends that are in the industry that people wanted to hear about. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get referrals from them to people that they knew. And, you know, it's really funny because now I'm a lot of times I'm like the podcast guy. People, yeah. I, you know, at, at SEMA, I've had people come to me like, oh man, you're the podcast guy. Oh, or, sick. I'm, I'm, and I'm like, I mean, I did the podcast for a year. Yeah. I've been doing tuning <laughs> and products for 15 years, and I'm the podcast guy. Okay, you yeah. Know? Like, but uh, um, you know, and a lot of those have been really cool because I still get emails and messages and DMs about like, man, I really appreciate you doing that. I had no idea that these guys went through the same struggle that I go through, and man, that's pretty cool. To help somebody out like that, Definitely, to be able to, man. to, I, because I've been there, like so stressed out, like, you know, we're just working hard, just really trying to do it. Like, when I was in my first shop, so we started out in a garage. We're in the backyard of my buddy's house. He's got a little shop, like two bay shop. I have. 13 cars in the backyard. Oh, wow. We, we get a, you know, I'm building turbo kits and da, da, da. And we get a note from the city, like, you got to get out of here. I get over to our first commercial location. It's just this little teeny metal building. And I'm just working really fucking hard for, you know, like really, really hard. Like, I'm not doing anything with my friends. This is just all that I'm doing. And it's, and it's really tough. Like, I'm just trying you yeah know, trying really really hard and i i i still have a picture of the, those boots that i wore like every day for two years i i took a picture of them when i actually took them you know i threw them away and then i took them out of the garbage and i was like no i need to take a picture of these because this is this is super important to me and I, so I took a picture of these boots and i framed that picture and i've got this framed picture of some worn out ass fucking boots on my dresser um, in my really nice house now, yeah. You know, because like you know, and and I'm, I don't know. I just moral of the story is like, you just, I would have killed to have the information that I'm given to people during that time so that I could like just to help help power me through it. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking of when I was when I'm doing the podcast. It's just like, man, if I can help those guys power through that, it's gonna be worth it. Yeah, no, definitely, man. It's this, this information is, is invaluable because a lot of these guys, you don't even know who the owner of the business is. And if you do know, 
you might be intimidated to even try to attempt to have a conversation with them. And just as, as, as valuable as you know time is, all business owners don't have the time to have these separate conversations with everybody. So this gives right. this gives everybody listening um, uh, a way to be there and to actually hear all the information. So I, I feel the same on that, man. I, I love doing the podcast. I love talking to people. Uh, one thing different with us than, than you were doing in your show is that I really don't want this to be an automotive-based show oh okay um yeah and i'm the same way that you you made acquaintances in the industry i did the same and those are some of the people that i'm reaching out to do a podcast with more so of seeing what makes them the type of person that could have a certain car have a certain business or whatever they do rather than focusing on that such as how fast is your car? What did you do? Where's, right. What's the last race you won? You know. So Frank, tell me, man, what is what gets you going? Like, what what's you know what's your what wakes you up in the morning? Like, I know you want things. Like, what? Where do you want to be? Um, you if, know, if like, you what would... what makes you happy and what's the ultimate the ultimate like just pie in the sky everything that you could ever dream of goal. If you, and you think you're going to get there? Uh, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would have said something on the lines of material things. Huh? But um, now I think what what makes me happy besides... Um, all right, you're slowing down. There you go. Okay. What, what makes me happy besides like my family... Because that's number one. My, my number one is to make sure that my family is taken care of and me as a provider, I'm doing my job. So can you still hear me good? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. rock and roll. So that's, that's my number one. Um, but what actually, what I would love to do for the rest of my life is just create and have the tools to be able to create. And that goes from whatever it could be, whether it's a create, whatever, create, create Doesn't content, create a uh -huh. business, redo any, redo the, our front, front showroom, anything. Just, just make the world yours. Making something mine. Yes, exactly. How I want it to be customizing something, how I want to be and not to have anybody I, I probably the biggest one to be honest is to not have anybody holding me back, have anybody telling me what I need to do, telling me I need to be here at this certain time, tell me no, you can't do that, you have to do it this way, and um, that's that's my ultimate idea of what I would call life and happiness. Nice. So, so you thought about it? I like I, I. Always, I'm interested to see if people. A lot of times, people don't have a concrete. You know, they're just like, I don't know. I want something, and I'm looking for it. Yeah, you know? I, I enjoy the chase. Every, you know, I made a post one time. I, I'm sure it was super misinterpreted, but I, I literally said, I've, I've gotten everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. Ever. A lot of times, I got there and realized that I didn't want that at all. Yeah. You know, um, but 
I enjoy as soon as I get a thing or I've achieved a goal, I, I, I know I'm just going to be looking to the horizon for the next one. Yeah. You know, so I'm actively trying to enjoy the grind, you know, yeah. like the, the pursuit, the chase the journey, man, the, the, the chase is what I'm after. Um, yeah. and, and kind of, I'm really thankful to feel even when I'm, uh, scared or nervous, like, like pit in my stomach. Like, I don't know, am I making the right decision? Man, I'm thankful to even have those feelings because you know what's way worse than that is boredom or, yeah. or just not having anything to even be scared about, right? Just, oh, that's the worst thing ever. Yeah, no, definitely, man. And and uh, and you hit it spot on with people not being able to interpret uh, something like that, which you've said, but for um, most successful business owners, I'm not saying, you know, you have disposable income like nothing, but you have a roof over your head, you have a home, you have the family, you have everything that you can need. Say if you wanted, okay, you want the fastest Corvette, okay, you got that already. So now what? Now what's going to make you happy? Since these material things, they only give you so much. So that's a way that I've been looking at. Hey, my my goal is I want to get a, a Huracan. So I'm yeah. working towards getting a Huracan. I know yeah. that the way that I thought about a Lamborghini when I was a kid versus now is totally different. When I was a kid, I thought that when I would have the Lamborghini, I would be the happiest person alive. And I don't think that way anymore. What that represents to me is the end of a certain goal and right now I am on the journey to get to that goal. And once I get it, I'm at that plateau. Like, yo, dude, I made it. Let's go for a drive. This is gonna be nice. But then the next day I'm I'm on to something else. I'm I'm working on another goal. And it's yeah. not that I don't appreciate what I've gotten or that I'm just searching for something else that's gonna make me happy. It's the actual journey of getting something that makes me happy. Yeah, the chase. So yeah. let me ask you this. This is this is the nitty gritty that I always do for everybody. I think this is why people like to listen. Let's do is, it. Like, talk to me about the details. So a hur hurricane is or hurricane is uh, what? Um, dollars. Uh, break, probably break like one eighty. Okay, buck eighty. You're gonna pay for it in cash, you, or does it mean you need to have? Uh, $3,000 a month for the payment. It'll probably be a payment. I wouldn't throw the whole 180 okay. down on it. So when to, to be able to achieve, uh, the Hurricane status, you're looking at, have you, have you broke down the payment? What's the payment going to be? Uh, like, do, do you know, like, I'm just wondering, do you know, like, like, do you have a goal as far as like, the, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to need to be able to like reasonably have $3,000 extra a month. Well, it's not it's game. not an actual goal as far as every day I'm waking up, I'm working towards it, I'm saving money waiting till the day that I get it. It's not uh -huh. that. It's that that's my next big goal that I have in mind and everything else that I'm doing now is I'm I'm focusing on now and what's going on right now, but that's that's in my sights. And I kind of said that I would like to have it to drop my son off his first day of high school in that car. So uh -huh. he, he's on summer break from sixth to seventh grade. So I have maybe two years or something like that before it would even come to that. But yeah. um, I, 
I understand what you mean. If you have a certain goal in mind, what are you doing to get to that goal? But I guess that that goal itself isn't one of those type of goals where it's every single day I'm putting money to the side because I like to enjoy sure. life as well. I uh-huh. like to eat uh, good. I like to go on vacations <laughs> and I don't like to have to um, eat top of ramen for the next two years just because I want to have that car on a certain day. Yeah. It's going to come uh-huh. when it comes and that's gotcha. that's pretty much um, And every as day you just goes. get up and you do your best and that's then it. it comes when it comes. Dude, when er- – when I wake up in the morning, it's not like, okay, I have to take care of this today. It's just, okay, I'm going to do as much as possible as I can today. Uh-huh. Uh, just say, yeah. for instance, yesterday I did, uh, I had a podcast scheduled. I did that podcast, uh, everything in the shop we were taken care of. So me and my son and my cousin and his daughter, we went to the skate park. And I went because I want to just have fun, but I want to get content as well because we're building the Downstar Skate, the skate brand. So it's oh, okay. it's all intertwined in everything. Everything that I'm doing is towards the pushing the boat forward. So check this out. I, I've This has been a recent revelation for me, and it's right along the lines of exactly what you just said is people – when when you say okay I, I'm either gonna work or I'm gonna play, for me it's you have they have to be intertwined they have to be both so I've had this concept of everything that I do needs to be have an and involved so like it can't just be like I'm gonna go make money and then later I'm gonna have fun you know I need to I'm gonna spend my I'm gonna make sure that the things I spend my time on have and so I make money and I have fun gotcha. or I'm building my brand and I'm doing this so like. It's not enough for it to just be like or, you know, everything that I do needs to be if I'm going to decide whether I'm going to do this activity or not, like, you know, like you have to you have to make money, right? You have to have a career, right? But it's my career needs to be and I need to it needs to be my career and I need to be fulfilled. And 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 so I'm not willing to be I'm not willing to be fulfilled in, in the fact that I'm a starving artist. And I'm not willing to just make money in the fact that, you know, I'm a uh, cubicle person, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Like it needs to be both. I need to be able to be fulfilled and make money. You know, yeah. those two things need to be together. And I'm not willing to be one or the other. You know, you get a lot of people that are like like the starving artist type, right? Like, man, I'm a creative person. I'm just, I'm just going to create. Yeah. And like that, it, it's just, it's just not enough. It needs to be both of those two things in the same, I think that's exactly what you said with intertwined, right? You're going to the skate park, you're having fun, but you're also building your brand. Yeah. And I guess, um, the relationship that I have with everything that I do is so intimate. So anything that I do, it doesn't feel like work. This doesn't feel like work. When I get here in the morning, it doesn't feel like work. This feels like me pushing forward and just creating things, you know, uh, I think yeah. that, that, um, we have me and you, we can relate on we're hustlers, we're business owners, but we're also creatives and uh, that totally. that's not the same thing. You can be a hustler and not creative. You can be a business uh-huh. owner and not creative. You could be a business owner and not a hustler, but, we have all three of those things, which keeps us busy throughout the day. And 
when you're creative, it's not just like, oh, look, I can draw. Oh, look, I can use CAD works. Oh, look, I can make this out of metal. Oh, look, I can make these bolts or whatever. It's every single thing that you're doing is a creative thing from the way that I ran the wires from the podcast studio, from the way that we're doing the monitor right now to, you know, these are all creative ideas rather than just roadblocks. Like, like you've, created, you've created this apparel, you yeah. know, this logo. And you this know, and right. this, yeah. And, and, I mean, those are the things that, like, if I didn't get to do that, man, I just might as well wither away and die. Definitely, hundred percent, dude. It. I just, I can't live any other way. It's, it is. It's like oxygen to me. Yeah. So I feel that if anybody has that sort of passion, if you have that passion of being a creative. Um, that's something that a lot of people don't have and that's that's an actual gift and if you're not using that gift if you're not feeding that gift you're doing yourself a huge disservice you know if you're working a day job that's nine hours out of your day you know eight hours working you got you have time for travel or whatever decompressing whatever you still have time throughout your day to dedicate at least an hour to two hours to your craft I don't care who you are. Maybe when you get to our levels, the time and the minutes get a little a little more spare, like rare. But if you don't have a business, if you don't really have anything that you have to dedicate your time to besides your nine to five job, like you're you're just not good at time management. And that that's yeah. how I feel. And if you're not good at time management, um, that would be something a huge opportunity that you could work on. But uh, as far as me, last night I yesterday I woke up probably about six, and I'm not saying that I'm I'm up early all the time and go to sleep late or whatever. But this was my day yesterday. I woke up at six, did everything I had to do throughout the day, went to sleep probably about one o'clock or something, and then this morning I just woke up to use the restroom at like five, and I'm just looking in the mirror and just said, "Man, let's just fucking go. Let's just get the day started." So I just left and went, you know. But I could have spent that time sleeping. God up at nine o'clock got to the shop at 9 30 10 o'clock or whatever and still had a successful day but i was able to squeeze in those extra hours because i took away from sleep and a lot of people aren't willing to do that you don't need eight hours of sleep i'm not saying sleep two hours a day but you get a nice five in there you're pretty good and from <laughs> one o'clock in the morning five hours that's six o'clock in the morning so if you're up from six in the morning to one at night you're telling me that your day at job uh, at your job is taking up your entire day? Nah, fuck that, dude. You're just not using your time right. Everybody yeah. has it, and it's just a lot of excuses, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, isn't it amazing? Have you ever thought? I mean, are you close with your dad? Do you talk to your dad now? Yeah. I mean, is it is that amazing to like? have that conversation about kind of where you are right now versus where he was when he was your age. And like, I mean, are you so thankful for that? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, think, I think that, um, we were born, you're, you're still in the spectrum as I am. Cause you can remember the things that I did as a child. Um, our generation is probably the best generation out because we have the appreciation of not having, and then we understand what the it opportunity. is to have this opportunity that we have now to even have this conversation via Skype, you know? So when my dad was my age, 
it was probably, I, I can't do the math right now, but probably like the mid-90s or something like that. So in the mid-90s, he didn't have the opportunities that we have available at that same age now. Yeah. So in, in that aspect, I definitely, definitely appreciate that. And that's one thing that um, millennials, they're, they're missing out on is they didn't understand what it was like not to have life without uh, a cell phone without internet without so many of the things that we have nowadays yeah and not to any fault of theirs it's it's not their fault that they didn't have these opportunities or those struggles to go through and that's why i feel anybody around our age range they have they have the possibilities to even move further than say a millennial or an, the older generation before us uh-huh it's just crazy that we, I mean, you're making your living just doing this. Yeah. I mean, selling bolts, dude, <laughs> fucking selling bolts, bro. It's yeah, like, you know? it's insane. And with that is I was able to dive into what, what the industry needed. I saw the need and I provided it. And no matter if it was bolts, no matter what it was is that's, that's the basics of, of starting a business is you understand that there's a need and you capitalize on that need and you feed that need and then grow from there. So yeah. I think a lot of people, they kind of romanticize business and make it, make, make it seem like it's something that they can't accomplish. But I feel like everybody listening, you could have some sort of business where you could at least generate a few hundred dollars a month doing something. Yeah. So let's let's take it back to when you um, started the business. How how did you get the idea to start it, and how did you um, did you have any motivation or anybody telling you like, yeah, this is probably the best move to to do? Definitely not. I was just, you know, in the same way that I started a skateboard wax company when I was twelve. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like the thing to do is to, you know, I knew how to do at that point. I had a turbo H 22 powered EG. Okay. And had learned a lot building that setup. And so I just started doing it for other people, you know? And then like the, like I said, the first product and this product carried us for the first few years while we were just kind of being a tuning shop. If we wouldn't have had the additional, you know, couple hundred bucks a month from that thing, we probably wouldn't have survived those, you know, those first, yeah, first year. Yeah. Um, but the balance shaft eliminator kit was our first product. It was just out of necessity for my own engine. Um, I needed to, to eliminate the balance shafts to build the H22 that was in my turbo EG. And so I figured out how to do it and turn it into a product. And, you know, that was it. Um, so, I mean, no, I didn't have anybody telling me to, to do it or not. It just, just seemed like what I should do. What year was this? So 2003. Okay. That was the year I yeah. graduated high school. Uh-huh. So I was 2000. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a couple just, years out. Yeah, I'm just just over. I'm not quite two years older than you because I just turned 36 today. Uh -huh. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, I was I was 19. Wow. Um, just 
doing it, just trying to do it. So, you know? so paint us a picture of what your life looked like at 19. Yeah. So 19, I got out of, I got kicked out of my parents' house when I was like, I graduated high school when I was 17. I just, I turned 18, like just a month or so after I graduated high school, graduated high school. I'm 17. Um, it's finally, you know, my parents held me under their thumb, you know, like I couldn't go, I couldn't go party and stuff anyways. I think that's why cars were so alluring to me because it was kind of like my escape, you know? So uh, my, I always had an early curfew kind of thing like that. And so I get kicked out of my parents' house because as soon as I graduate high school, I'm like, sweet, you don't get to tell me what to do at all. Really? And so anyway, yeah. And so that, <laughs> that was what's up. I got kicked out. Da, 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 da. This was, so then I'm 18. Um, I'm living with my buddy. Um, just kind of, I still have a prelude at the time. Then I get, um, I'm living with him and his parents kind of took me in for a year. I'm living with them. And then I turn 19, move in with my roommate. He's a car guy and a machinist. And that's who machined the first balance shaft eliminator kit plugs. And yeah, I mean, I'm he. So then I got a job at a speed shop. There was a speed shop opening up in town. I got a job there that closed within a year. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that closed, those guys were all coming there for me, anyways. And so I started working out of a, the garage that my roommate's garage, you know. So like he had a house, and I was paying him rent. And I just started working out of that garage, and you know that that. So the, like I said, that was eighteen, nineteen, you know. And then yeah, that was it. So I haven't. I haven't been back since. So when you got kicked out of the house, was it for uh, for a, a certain reason or was it just time? No, just, you know, supposed to come home, hanging out with my girlfriend all night, you know, just, yeah, I don't know, just not doing what I'm supposed to or not doing what I'm told, I guess, you know. So they they were like, you know, I don't know. My parents were always like, as soon as you're 18, you know, you need to go find your way. And so that's what I did. Did you guys have a, a close relationship? Oh, we're totally good now. You know, no problem. But uh, no, I mean, I, growing up, I don't like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. I I wish it wasn't so uh, bad, but man, I I need to I need to do me. And so I I always really hated um, being told what to do when I was a kid. And so when I had the first opportunity to get out of there and go do my own thing, I did it. Have you ever asked them now uh, why they were like that? Um, no. I think that's just how my parents are. You know, like they're don't don't let me paint the picture. Like they're great. You yeah. Know? I just I just don't. I don't know. We just didn't vibe. You know. Yeah. I no. Certain, the, I just saw the world differently. Yeah. Certain certain parents parent in in a different way, and that doesn't mean it's bad or, or anything. But they're there uh, definitely should be rules, you know, but, uh, I mean, I, I was hanging out with shitheads too. So, oh, okay. you know, I was skateboarding and Here so there's, go. you know, and, and I, but I think that was the, that was the allure. It was like, man, I need, I need something else. I need my own thing, you know? And so skateboarding was my thing for a long time, you know, long, long time. That's so or, funny, you know, dude, that it always just goes back to skateboarding for like so uh-huh. many people in the industry, dude. 
Dude, I, I broke my arm four times. Like the first time I broke it, like <laughs> my, my bone came out right there. Oh, like, if you can shit. See that. What were you yeah, trying? It's gnarly. Just Ollie in a gap, you know, just like fell back and put my arm down. And that was gnarly, uh. dude. My bone, that was 12. My bone popped out. Oh, man. And then like and I was by myself. My friend had just like skated home. And I was like, oh, I'm going to keep trying to skate this gap. And so I'm like alone and like. My arm, there's like an elbow in the middle of my arm. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Dude, it was, it was gnarly. Oh, and so like man. I picked my shit up and started walking towards the hospital. And a car saw me, uh, you know, as I was walking. And with they picked two me elbows? up and drove me to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, with two elbows. This kid's got two elbows. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, do you remember how big the gap was? Or was oh, it just... Was yeah, I mean... Probably, it was just a... You know, not a very big gap when I was 12, that's for sure. Probably three feet or something, just like a curb to curb. Situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah, Whoops. we, we, uh, my son's, he, he's 12 too, and he just started skating in January. And dude, he's got some balls now, bro. Yesterday he just did his first four stare and he's oh, in yeah. love with it, bro. And yesterday I was trying to do a six stare and uh, I ate shit a few times, dude. You know, when you're <laughs> skating and you get that point where you're just like, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. But then your body's like, nah, it's not gonna happen. But your yeah. brain still keeps wanting to push you. At this age, I I kind of listened to my brain and I just backed off and I said, like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll I'll try this again next time. Yeah. Because if it was still the kid in me, I would just kept going until I. So you just died. started skating late. You just started skating recently. Well, I used to skate when I was a uh, a kid, but as soon as I got yeah. my car, I I just stopped skating. And, okay. um, I just got into cars and that, that passion took over everything in my life. But yeah. then, uh, earlier this year, my son, uh, he's in, he just started high school or uh, junior high. So he was in sixth grade and that's usually the time when people pick up skateboarding. So he was talking about skateboarding and I was like, dude, that's a cool idea, man. I love skateboarding. And then one day I just took him to the skate shop and I bought him a complete, and then I said, fuck it, let me just get one too. And dude, <laughs> it's all downhill from there, man. A few dude, months later. Do you, do you remember getting a, so when I was growing up, I could never afford like graphic boards, right? I always had blanks. Yeah. You know? And so then like once a year, I would get a new complete for Christmas. And I remember just, oh man, man, a new complete. Ooh, that was greatest like. Greatest feeling, bro. That was like the Rolls Royce of the, you know, that was like the best day. Like every Christmas is like, okay, all I care about for Christmas is my new complete. And, you know, now I got to learn how to skate again. Because like, you know, everything's so tight. Like you got a new set of trucks and da, 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 da. And, oh yeah, man. Oh, I remember how good it felt to get a new complete. Hey, the feeling's still there, bro. I guarantee Woo. the feeling is still in there. Because when I got it, it was just like the kid inside of me was like, finally dude let's go do this shit again <laughs> so then the the adult business side of me just just activated and said man why don't we just do a skate division you're already doing a podcast something differently why don't you just add a skate division because so what are you guys doing you're selling decks or apparel or what? yeah we're gonna we're gonna start doing apparel we're gonna start doing decks so right now is just like the foundation of it i'm building the the social media up going to the park getting content and uh, on sunday actually i grabbed a bunch of shirts grabbed a couple cases of water went to the skate park put it out there and uh, just started giving the kids t-shirts and they were so excited man you're giving them away oh yeah dude we probably gave away yeah. maybe 30 shirts that day 
And at the end of the day, the whole park is just wearing down star shirts, skating around. I'm getting pictures and stuff. So uh, it was super cool, man, just to give back to those kids. Because I, if I was their age uh-huh. and somebody would give me a free shirt, dude, I would have been so happy, you know. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel For like sure. I'm, I'm at the position where I can do that now. And I know that that's what it takes to build a brand, man. You gotta get you gotta get eyeballs on it, and you gotta get people asking what what, what is this? But it's not the the brand isn't mostly about making money. It would probably be about if I if I can break even with everything, I would be happy because that allows me to put out new T-shirts. It allows me to put out new skateboards, create new content, and even have um, skateboarders as guests on the podcast. Uh, yeah, yes, you know, sir. you know, Josh Kalis is like into the automotive world. Right? No way. You don't know Josh Kalis. You know Josh yeah, Kalis yeah, wrote yeah. for DC, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he he's got a like he he's part owner in Speed Society. No shit. Yeah, dude, he's big in the. He's got a '69 Camaro twin turbo LS. Da 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 da. Dude, it, that would be sick. Yeah, you so should get in. Him, you should man. Get Josh Kalis, dude. Josh Kalis is the truth. Yesterday, we uh, we just did a podcast. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Mikey Taylor. So um, Mikey Taylor was a professional Shh. skater. Okay. And um, he, like, skated with, like, P-Rod and those guys. And he was on DC before he um, – yeah, it was DC before his, his, his career ended. And now he's into, like, real estate and a bunch of other investments and things like that. But okay. um, I had him on a podcast yesterday, and that's just that's dope because I would have never even thought of having having a skater on because that wasn't my thing. It, that that passion it just wasn't awakened inside of me, and now it is. You know, so I'm I'm super excited for that. Yeah, you're just you're just got your fingers out in all kinds of different things, huh? Just you're trying just to have fun, out. man. Yeah, man. Yeah, because for- I feel like Downstar's moving so well that i don't have to worry about okay how are we going to make rent the next week what do we have to do this product's not working you know that the stuff is moving everything's going and what i'm doing is not totally separate from downstar because i feel like the idea of downstar is not about bolts or hardware it's about uh, the hustle and taking something taking nothing and making it something and if i can do that with the podcast or with the skate brand, it's all part of the umbrella of what Downstar represents. Taking something and making, or taking nothing and making it into something. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Cre- creating. So the 19-year-old self, um, what did you think KS Tune was going to turn into? I wanted to make, I just wanted to be and make the baddest shit the fastest car just wanted to be the king of the world that's all yeah no you know minor ambition so that was your idea off the bat i just want to be the best i guess yeah i just want to be you know and so that that's what led into you know we wanted to build i guess at the time you know so yeah you just want to build the fastest car and so that was always the dream is to build just the baddest fastest cleanest car and so started you know I did it with the I did the H22 EG um and then ended up starting to build what became the KS tuned outlaw car with a buddy and then that clearly wasn't going to work so I just bought him out. Mm-hmm. 
and then it became our car. And then for five years, we built that car starting in 2005 and then debuted in 2010. And within just, um, let's see, within four months, we put the car in the eights. And oh, that wow. was a huge, that was a huge deal. This was back in 2010. So that was a huge deal for us. And then, yeah, ran that car for the next three years through 2013. And, um, you know, at the time we were the third fastest, um, like class legal car out there. We were in the top three and, and still to this day until actually until just a few months ago, we were the fastest H 22 powered car still, even, you know, from back in 2012. Um, I think one guy's faster than us by like a hundredth of a second Mm -hmm. now, six years later, seven years later. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the 19 year old self just, just was trying to prove to himself what he could do. So was there any idea of pushing the business and making the business flourish or the business was just a tool for you to accomplish the things that you wanted to do? Um, I didn't really think about it too much back then, you know, just we were just trying to do it all, trying to build a business and trying to build the car and, you know, yeah, and then it just evolved into kind of what it is. The whole time I'm learning, I'm I'm trying things and trying to build, you know, we're, we're creating new products and meeting new people. And, yeah, I mean, it's just like what we're all doing. So back then I didn't think about it too much. So the first part that you made, the balance eliminating? Balance shaft eliminator kit, yeah. So can you, can you explain that a little more? Because I'm not really familiar with that, what do you even do? Sure. So in an H22, there's two shafts in the block that are rotating uh, at an opposite uh, or excuse me, at twice the speed of the crankshaft and it eliminates kind of a harmonic vibration. But it's really for kind of like grandmas and grandpas. Um, It's not really a performance thing. So anybody who's building a performance engine um, eliminates those shafts. Yeah. And so um, to eliminate those shafts, you need some you know, billet components, some little plugs to plug the holes where they used to go and stuff. And so, um, so yeah, that was our first product. So when you came so, out with that product, um, did you notice that it, that it was, it was something that was going to stick around or did you, at first, did it just <laughs> sell you know small units? You know, what's so funny is so small units. And then all of a sudden one year I was like, man, th- th- there's only so many H22. So it was about time for a re-up, you know, where we're going to have to reorder to the machine shop. And I'm like, man, we've sold probably, you know, there's probably not going to be any more. Probably everybody that could ever want to eliminate yeah. the balance shafts has already done it. You know, this is probably fucking 2007 or 2008. I almost didn't even reorder. And I was like, oh, OK, let's reorder. And, you know, and now we sell a few hundred kits a year still. You know, it's a small just kind of. Through a, it runs through its standard product life cycle. It's gotten to its plateau, and it just does what it's going to do. But, you know, that was over ten years ago that I almost was going to stop making the product, and we still sell a few hundred of them a year. So nice. It's just funny. It's just funny. So when you first started out, it was with the H, right? Yes. So what what made your obsession with the H series? Man, back then it was just a. It was the Honda Big Block. It was the K-Series of its time. There, This was before K-Series. And, you know, that's what Papadakis had in his car. And not a lot of people were... It was still kind of the... Not as commonly used as the B16 and the GSR. So, yeah. I mean, we just started doing it. And 
and we started doing H22 stuff, and then it's such a niche market that that's what we do, and nobody fucks with us for it, short of the pirate copycat. Uh, that shit is so pathetic, dude. Let's dive into way. it. We're ready. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm, on the so high, I'm on the high these, dive right now. These guys take my product, like my exact product, every contour, shape, fillet, everything. They don't change it. It's just that shit is embarrassing. Like as a creative person, I just I can't even imagine taking someone's product and being like, hey, put my logo on this. Yeah. What the fuck? They don't change it at all. I, I don't know. And then they charge, you know, some of them are, are a, like $10 less than ours. It's like, are, are you guys are you guys for real? And then if they have an issue or they're being manufactured in China out of low quality <laughs> parts and mm-hmm. materials, uh, I don't know. It's just it it seems really first of all, it's it's embarrassing as far as you know, you're, you're running knockoff stuff. And then secondly, I just, I would never risk my engine with crappy stuff. Gosh, I just would never, I would just would never do it. So this is actually funny. So I'm in California just in April, just a few months ago, and we're down there for a race and, uh, I'm in the line. Um, we've got a couple Corvettes that are down there we're with, and we're in the tech line and there's a couple Honda guys there. And so I go over and I start talking to him and, I, and he's got a K series spray plate on his car. And I was like, Oh, Hey man, that's my, and then I, I go, ah, I was like, come on, man. I was like, you got the knockoff spray plate. Did you like, know it call- existed already? Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. Yo, what's up, fool? Make sure you check out Downstar for all of your dress-up needs. Get it poppin' over here. We have all the kits for the K-Series, the B-Series, the transmission, the mounts, the engine, the Toro, baby. We have the hardware for the seats, for the stereo. We got it for the speakers. We got it for the lug nuts. We got it for the air valves. We got it for everything, dog. So you make sure you hit us up at downstarring.com or you call us up, fool. You can even text us, lame, 818-937-3472. Just shoot us a text and tell us what's up, dog. I need some fucking balls in this bitch. Hit us up, downstarring.com. Hey, and if you got an Instagram, slide in our fucking DM at downstar. Wait, hit up the homie, Frank underscore downstar. He's the one that takes care of all the DMs. Hit that level up and shoot him a message and he'll get you all taken care of real nicely. I, uh, yeah, I did know. Okay, it got you, got you. Yeah, so, okay. so that wasn't the first time that I'd seen it, but like it's exactly my thing. Oh. And so check this out. So they had, they had forgot to plug. So you have to drill some holes to, when you machine that part. You have to drill some holes to uh, allow the nitrous to inject and then you have to plug those plugs. We use a, a a press-in steel ball. It's called a Koenig plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, this this knockoff bunch of yahoos forgot to plug that hole. So when, when he fired it up, it's like, and first tried to spray the nitrous, he didn't notice. And so it's spraying nitrous out the side of this uh, spray plate. Oh, and they ended shit. up having to put, put uh, JB Wells on the side of this. Thing. No way. And I'm like, oh my God. I just, I, I, I couldn't help but laugh, and his, his buddy was like, man, I didn't even know that that was a knockoff. I didn't know that yours was, like, that there was a real one and a fake one. He just saw that there was a nitrous plate and bought it. Yeah. So, you know, no no, no ill will towards him or whatever, but his buddy was definitely giving him shit. Oh, wow. That's funny <laughs> for the business just, owner to just come up and say, hey, that's a knockoff. 
I mean, yeah, I went over to him to go, oh, hey, man, that's my thing. And then, you know, and then like talked to him about it. And then I realized that he was a knockoff and I had to call him out on it. Oh, for sure. shit, dude. So um, that was uh, PLM who did that, uh, right? Who, who are those fucking guys? Uh, yeah, PLM. Yep. PLM. So PLM is uh, notorious for knocking off or private labeling everybody's that's shit. That's not private labeling. That's what, it, that's what labeling. the company's called is PLM, right. private label, but some bullshit. Manufacturing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but private labeling is where you work with me and we agree to put your logo on yeah. our part. That's private labeling. Ripping somebody's shit off is not private labeling. But yeah. the problem is, you know, I always say like, hey, man, that's why we can't have nice things. But uh, it's directly impacted the way that we choose to make products moving forward. Like, I, I don't disagree. Like, the products that these guys are ripping off, like, this is a billet aluminum Mm-hmm. piece you know this is not rocket science it's it's very hard to make sure that it fits and that the fittings come out in the right place and that the angles are intersecting in the right way and that the diameter of the bores is correct and all that stuff but once i do that it's easy for them to knock it off yeah you know so like it's it is easy to knock off it is hard to develop so you know if that's a real reality where my parts are going to be getting ripped off then that influences the decisions of products that we're going to decide to manufacture in the future. And so we don't make stuff that doesn't, um, that's going to be easily knocked off. And we're actively seeking on, uh, developing products that have a wider use case. So they warrant IP protection, mm-hmm. patents, copyrights, things like that. Cause at the end of the day, you know, a patent may cost $10,000, and if you're only going to sell $12,000 worth of product over the product's lifespan, that doesn't add up. Yeah. So, you know, and even then a patent only allows you the right to chase somebody down and then spend more money trying to get them to pay you for infringing. Um, really, it's just a barrier to, you know, keeping people from doing it in the first place. But moving forward, you know, a lot of our products are, are going to be not just billet aluminum stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's Hard, harder to develop. It, that's definitely a real shame. And look, there's going to be people that are going to copy stuff all the time. Um, one, sure. one, one thing that I see is the um, the lack of shame that people have in buying this shit. Uh, <laughs> that that's that's a very embarrassing thing. And I, how I always put it, right? Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like uh, the sneaker culture. Uh, like okay so you know uh yeezys and jordans and things like that those super popular right if you were to go to a uh, um, uh, a shoe convention with fake shoes you would get laughed out of the building it's 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 (laughs) embarrassing you know yeah i don't know why it's not looked at the same way in the automotive community i mean if you're asking me it's embarrassing and if you can't afford it Save up till you can afford it. Save up till you can get the real thing. For even for the simple fact that this is the original part and it's not a knockoff from Alibaba. I, I don't yeah. know why people don't correlate the two in our industry. They just yeah. it's it's it, do you think it's a, a lack of pride or or what could it be? Because I see this on a lot of people's cars that that say that they have pride but then they're supporting these companies that blatantly knock off um 
people who are still in this industry developing and trying like, to give trying to give back trying to give back yeah. and like you said now you're thinking about products that you're going to develop and even if you're going to develop them so you're that's actually hurting the entire community and and products that we otherwise maybe would have created don't get created yeah and there's only not, so I'm, many creatives in this industry i'm not going to make new things that are just going to get ripped off and i'm like i'm not playing that game anymore you yeah. know i i'm queued up i get what's going to happen and so now that weighs in my decision to make new products or not you know yeah so, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that just got put on the back burner and aren't coming to the world oh, because shit. i'm not going to release they don't warrant protection and they are easily enough ripped off that it's going to happen and i'm not playing so what so, anyways what, I, I mean it, it just it just makes it more a more specific and more thoughtful about what products i do create yeah it's it's a definite shame man and i wish that people in our industry would understand that a lot more um there was the uh the company uh dimes performance are you familiar with them they made the uh the the solid shifter bushings okay um, so uh dimes performance there is a uh, uh, m's jdm motors uh matt he um from over here he would just import parts and he would sell them like uh like hmo or something like that but he d decided to v develop the product for a like a b series d series shifter is that it would be solid bushings instead of rubber bushings and that wasn't on the uh that wasn't in the market yet and I think there was something, but you would have to cut something, or it, it was a lot more difficult. The way that he did, the way that he did it, was a lot easier. And dude, that product lasted maybe six months before somebody knocked it off. And he yeah. he doesn't make anything else besides shift knobs now because what's what's the motivation? There's no motivation. Yeah. The original product that he developed got knocked off by so many people in the industry, and. There goes another creative out of the industry now that's not yep. going to be making cool products anymore. So For sure. I, I, I just don't understand why people don't look at it in that way. I think they look at it in a very selfish way and just say, well, I don't care about any of that. I just want this and I want it now without having any, story. any respect for what went into building it or the people, the brand that even built it. I mean, I think it's pathetic for sure, but at the same time it's reality. So we can complain about it or we can use it as a, as a data point moving forward. And so that's what we do. We move it as, use it as a data point and develop different products instead. One of the you know? things that we do because our products are easily, uh, replicated and there's already a lot well, of you companies. have a, you you do so good with your brand like that you, downstar bolts mean something to somebody because you, you give a fuck that's one thing that i was gonna say is as 50 percent is the product the other 50 percent is the branding of it and i know people that have replaced uh competitors products with ours because that company doesn't have the same meaning that downstar has and yep. that that's one thing that I can appreciate and I, I feel grateful for. And that's one thing that I work towards every single day is, yeah, they can have product that'll do the same thing that ours does, the same colors, it looks the same, but it's not ours. And it, if that sounds like a cocky thing, then 
it is what it is, bro. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, I've been working for this for the last 10 years of my life to make, to make hardware something besides, uh, that one will fit, put that one on, you know, this, this yeah. has become something different. And I, I feel like I've, I've, earned the place that that we are at right now so that's kind of one way that we combat it but i can definitely see that wanting to slow down the type of products that you're going to come out with or production or whatever we just change them you know so we just any product that we're coming out with now takes that into account and if it's going to be easily knocked off and doesn't have and we're not going to sell a lot of them we don't make it and that's just how it works so we're working on, you know, I'm working on this relay and that's been, you know, that's, that's what we've been working on for the last almost two years, about a year since November of 2017. So what's a so, breakdown on that? So, right. Okay. Have you ever wired anything in a car? Yeah. Right. You used a relay mm -hmm. and are you familiar with pin 30, pin 85, 86, 87A, yeah. right? But you still, every time, can you tell me which one of those goes to the battery? Um, right? Wouldn't you just label it battery instead of 30? <laughs> yeah. My, my, my whole thing is just make the relay easier to use. And then our relays interconnect together like Legos. So as soon as you power up one relay, you can just interlock another relay. It's automatically powered up. And so now it cuts the wiring time in half to add additional devices. Every time that you go to wire something in your car, you're going to wire more than one thing. Like mm. it starts with just a fan or a pump or a set of fog lights or something that requires a relay. And a year down the road, it's something else. So now you can just grab another Kaizen relay, interlock together. It's automatically powered up instead of having to run a new wire to the battery for this new relay, right? So it cuts the wiring time down. And then like you've got a BMW, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you were going to mount... Um, something aftermarket, some aftermarket device, some LED lights or, you know, anything, right? Yeah. You'd have to, you're going to drill a hole and, and mount a button to switch this thing on or off. Like you're not going to want to do that in yeah. your BMW. No. So what if we could just repurpose like your cruise control button to now also activate your aftermarket device? No shit. Like an interface. Yeah, so it's a CAN. So all those buttons on your BMW and on any modern car are communicated over a CAN bus. Uh -huh. And so now we can use, and so is engine speed and you know engine RPM, vehicle speed, everything comes over the CAN bus. We can listen to that CAN bus and trigger devices based on that information. So instead of having to drill holes and mount new buttons, you can just use your cruise control button. It can still be cruise control, but it can also now do your fog lights or your LED light bar or your radiator fan or, you know, whatever other device. Or you can you can use, you can program the, the CAN module on our relay to use uh, engine speed, um, coolant temperature, no anything like that. Shit. With Without adding extra sensors. Those sensors are already there. Yeah. They're already communicating all that information to other computers in the vehicle. You just listen to it. And then you use that information to turn on any device that you want. And we're patent pending for um, for this device. No shit, dude. That's fucking rad, bro. And so that's it's going to be a, you know, basically wow. any time that you would normally reach for a, a standard kind of old school relay, you know, like the one that you've seen in forever, mm -hmm. the little square box thing with the, the male prong sticking out of the bottom. 
you just reach for ours instead and all of a sudden it makes future upgrades easier and you know kind of the, the sky's the limit as far as um, using can data to trigger it and so that's what we're in the SEMA launchpad um, product launch competition for is for, for this product so if you were to hook it up to say the uh, cruise control, would it be like a longer pulse or a double tap or how, how would you distinguish from cruise on versus fan on or sure. whatever? Sure. So you could do, you could say anytime that you're pressing the brake and you press cruise control, use the relay or oh. anytime that the vehicle speed is below 10 miles an hour and you press cruise control, don't activate cruise, activate the relay. Right. So you can use multiple inputs to do, you know, to trigger the, the deal. And then cruise control, cruise control can still work. So then you go driving, you got your fog lights on or whatever, and you can, uh, you know, cruise control, cruise control can still work. The whole point is you can just, you know, people are like, I need to install a button or, a, you know, a switch for this new thing. If you look at your steering wheel, you've got 16 switches on there. You've got volume up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got cruise. You've got all kinds of things. You know, you've got mode or whatever. You could repurpose any of those buttons to activate your aftermarket device. Now, would that be through a software or how would you? Yeah. So then you would just uh, program it yourself, you know, using software or our biggest thing. What we really want to do is we want to work with manufacturers who are supplying a relay in their product line already right? Like mm -hmm. a nitrous kit, for example. Yeah. And instead of, instead of supplying, you know, your old school relay, you'd supply a Kaizen relay instead. And that relay could come pre-programmed already for a specific year, make and model. And you'd just plug it in and you, it already, you'd already have your window ah, switch dude. activated or whatever. So oh, dude, it, it just makes, it really takes, it makes it easy for the guy in the garage to, you know, without having to do a bunch of wire splicing and running wires through the firewall and things like that. So, you know, to, um, to hook it up to a CAN bus, would it just be the one wire you just tap into or two wires? Yep. And then you could, you could plug it into the OBD2 port or we could make, you know, the manufacturer could provide a vehicle specific, uh, connector where you just jump, you know, you'd unplug one connector and jumper it in between two other connectors and you're done. Dude, that's so there's, exciting. there's a, there's a lot of opportunities for it for sure, um, both both for like geek level guys and then just to make it if it comes pre-programmed from a manufacturer and it just comes in your kit as, you know, a relay that's, you know, it's all weatherproof and stuff too. And, you know, here's the biggest thing. It doesn't require any tools, so you don't have to have any crimpers or anything to hook it up. It's all spring type push in connector. So you can just take a wire, feed it right in. Um, it uh, feeds through a weatherproof seal and now it's now you have a weatherproof relay you didn't have to have any tools to install so basically it's just it's better in every single way than a regular relay we want to replace the automotive relay period so how do you say that you would uh you would daisy chain them together if you wanted to add uh, relays in the future how would that work so like let's say here's one relay okay right and here's another one. Now they're connected. Okay. Nice. And as soon as they're connected, it's powered up. So where do you get the... So Can I see the, the, the other end uh, where the wires would go on the, the primary one? Yeah, so they, those would go in here. Okay. And then they just connect. So this is, a, this is an old 3D printed model from yeah. a few months ago. Uh -huh. 
Um, but yeah, you just feed the wiring in. And actually, if you really want to see, you should just probably go to our website and, and look. So but, what's, it, um, what's the website? Kaizenspeed.com. It's K-A-I-Z-E-N speed.com. Okay, perfect. Um, and we've got some info there. But yeah, I mean, moral of the story is um, if you wired, if you spent all your time to wire one relay, mm-hmm. you gave it power and ground, right? And then instead of now having, having to add power and ground to the second one, just click them together and it's automatically powered up. Now, would you have to uh, upgrade the wiring size for the power on the, the initial one? If you're adding yeah, extra long, relays, yeah, unless you had unless the gauge of that wire was enough. So, for example, you know, you could put a 10 gauge wire into that first one and run, you know, multiple 20 amp. Com- yeah, you know, and a, radi- a radiator fans like 20 amps, uh, fuel pumps 10 to 15 amps. Um, yeah, without without getting too geeky, it just it just really takes additional adding additional devices to a car, making it really easy, you know. That's such a good idea. What made you come up with that? Oh, man. man, every time I look in a <laughs> I look in an engine bay and I see like I mean we we've all experienced this. You go to a meet or you're looking at a car and what do you have? You got relays stuffed all over, you got this rat's nest of wiring coming down. So it happens because you installed one device and installed one relay, and then a few months later you needed another one, and pretty soon you've got three or four relays all just you know, screwed onto the firewall or the fender or something. Mm -hmm. And each one of them requires wire splicing and each relay requires four wires. In our deal, each subsequent relay only requires two wires because it gets power and ground by connecting to the first one. Now, do you have any sort of bracket, a mounting bracket for them or how would they mount? Yep. Yeah. So there's a mounting bracket that it clips into um, and it's detachable from that. It's just a metal spring clip. So, yeah. What about so, something you, nice and billet? Uh, so it's just a cost thing, yeah. right? We can make billet all day long, and this can be a multiple hundred dollar product. Uh, we're trying to replace the relay and make the relay better. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to use a – we have a stamped steel um, mounting clip. It's the same thing that it would normally come in a relay, except ours is e- easily detachable so that you can take it off, do any kind of testing and this and that. The other thing is – Let's say you wire a relay and uh, you want to check your wiring. Um, have you ever like had your buddy like, hey, go flip the switch. I'm going to uh, hear, hear if the relay is clicking. Yeah. You know? Well, we've got a, a test button on the relay, so you can just press the test button and see if your radiator fan kicks on. You know? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, that's just easy. Yeah. Like, why would that not happen already, right? Like, you've got the relay. So, like, okay, you've done your wiring. Just press this button. And does your device come on? Yeah. Is that you know, the, the final product or you're still working on it? Yeah, this is an this is another 3D printed um, deal. Got you. So yeah, anyways, and then you know, you just kinda peel the wire or the this is an elastomer panel that the wiring will okay. pass through. But um yeah. Dude, that's yeah, such this, a like cool said, product, man. I really, really like that. It's gonna be sick. I'm really excited for it. And we hey, so we need your help for voting. So this episode is going to come out on July 29th. Yes. And that's the day that the voting starts. So um, I'm going to have the link on our Facebook page. And you have to vote. You have to have a Facebook profile to vote. That's how SEMA does the voting. Gotcha. So, man, if if anybody could uh, is willing to check this out and 
and vote for us, we would really appreciate it. What we're trying to do is make wiring uh, simpler and easier and better for everyone. Because, look, if you've graduated from carburetors <laughs> yeah, and, and, and rock Camaros, man, you've graduated from old school box relays. Yeah, man. Uh, guys, I would definitely uh, recommend you to help out. This product is super cool, man. I, I Being from the car audio industry, I could definitely see so many uh, uses for this. And those relays, they were, just like you said, it was it was just a rat's nest, a bunch of relays. And, oh, shit, I need to add another relay. So let me get another uh, fork connector and stuff more wires in there and see how much I can stuff in there. <laughs> I'm telling you, we've all seen it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we're part of the SEMA. We're one of 15 semifinalists. And then uh, voting goes live today, July 29th, or the day that mm -hmm. this podcast is being dropped. And then that narrows it down to 10 semifinalists. And then um, we'll, be able, we'll be displaying at SEMA if you vote for us and we are uh, one of the 10 semifinalists then we'll be at SEMA displaying and we'll be able to get a really good uh, litmus test as far as, you know, the adoption of this product because we're going to have to invest crazy in tooling for the plastic injection molds and the stamp tooling for the stamp steel parts. There's some electrical components inside that need to be um, uh, custom formed, uh, the bus bars. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyways, we need to make sure to get a litmus test. SEMA is a great place for us to do that. Um, before we spend all our money and more money than we even have to <laughs> take it to production. <laughs> it's exciting, man. It's definitely exciting. Um, we'll definitely have the link below. And we also do have some T-shirts that you provided for a contest that when it comes up on this day, uh, we're going to be running a contest, guys. So make sure that you check out both our Instagram and uh, KS Tuned. So what Instagram would it be under? So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it on both okay, KS Tune cool. and Kaizen Speed, and we'll tag both um, of them below, guys. So make sure you follow all of the Instagrams and um, just just help them out with this because this is this is something exciting, man. I, I haven't seen a product like that, and I, I think that that's really cool and just on a creative level, that's that's awesome. We're we're I'm really proud of it. I think it's gonna be sick. And when you come to SEMA, when I see you at SEMA, I'm gonna put it in your hand and you're gonna be able to see it. And as Hell soon yeah. as as soon as you click two of them together, I guarantee you the light's gonna go off. You're gonna go, Oh shit, that's so obvious. Like that's the way it should be. And that's the Kaizen relay is just it's the way a relay should be. So uh, once again, you said the name stood for what? So Kaizen is a Japanese philosophy of continuous improvement. Uh -huh. So what that basically means is every day, say you've done, you, you don't just get to say, you know, I've achieved some level of success. You have to continuously try to improve your thing. And that, that can apply to every area of life, you know? Um, basically, just don't settle. And I, I read about that. So when I was in college, I... Uh, I college. And so when I was going to community college, I was reading The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Mm -hmm. And that's like my Bible. And that's where I learned about the philosophy of Kaizen. 
And I, when I was reading that book, I read that and I was like, man, that just really hits home. Like he was talking about this philosophy where you just continuously improve and you, you know, just no matter what, you, there's always, you can be improving. And, and I really, I just really liked that. And so I named my company after it. That's dope, man. So do you do a lot of reading? Um, I do audiobooks. I like to listen to audiobooks while I'm driving. So yeah, I listen to, um, I use audible.com mm -hmm. and I just subscribe to audible.com. And so you get one credit every month for 16 bucks. So basically for 16 bucks a month, I get, you know, I'll, I'll go for a couple months where I don't buy a book and I'll say, Oh crap, I got, you know, three or four credits. So I'll just go in there and buy three or four books, you know, with money, like with my credits that I've already paid for. Yeah. And then I have audio books and I listen to them while I'm driving and, and I, I use that to, to, um, learn. So how long does a book usually take to listen to? Um, maybe three hours to, to 12 hours. Oh, okay. depending on, on how long the book is. Yeah. Dude, I haven't so, even, I haven't even tried out audio books yet. I do audio books. That's, that's, that's the way I read almost anything. I very rarely actually read books because yeah. I like I can I can kind of kill two birds with one stone, you know. Yeah, definitely. I can. I'm driving, and instead of just jamming out to, you know, Tupac or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can try to better myself. I gotta so, look into that for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a it's. There's so many books. When you're ready for that, let me know. I'll, I'll hit you with a list of titles. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I actually bought that the book, start. the one that you uh, that you were telling me about, but I just haven't had a chance to yeah. read it yet. See, and that's the thing, right? You get a book, and you know, maybe you touch base on it, you sit down to read it. But uh, an audio book is a good way for guys like you and me to to kind of get a new buzz in our ear. Yeah, because that's mostly the reason why I listen to podcasts is to gain some sort of knowledge, whether it's about business or or it's about uh, current events or music or whatever it's about you know yeah i told you about seth godin didn't I? yes that's yes the yes I, yeah the, so the he's purple got a, cow he's got a yeah purple cow that's what you need in your life you need yeah. to check out purple cow but get the audiobook if you're not going to sit down and read the other one you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah yeah man you you would love it like yeah i, I think you would you would be really stoked. I dove it. into it a little bit, but like I said, sometimes it's just it's just hard to just sit down and to be to be honest for the simple fact that when I'm awake, there's always something going on. So I really don't get much <laughs> time to just sit. I can find time to do something else, but time to just sit and read, it just seems like it's a little harder. And the only time that I really get to do that is late at night when everybody's asleep. And then you got to have like the phone with the light on and trying to read it. So, but there's sometimes some, some books I'll get into and I'll just, I'll, I'll carry that book around with me wherever I go. And whenever I get a few minutes, I'll just stop and get a few pages, but it has to be something that I'm really interested in. Like, uh, yeah. one of the last books that I read was, uh, the autobiography of a uh, Gucci man. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, and uh, that one—that one's really good, man. I'm really into uh, into music and rap and hip hop and things like that, and I find it super interesting to see how these guys manage to get out of the uh, the the conditions that they were born in and the 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 trials and tribulations that they go through, and then manage out to to come out on the other end of things. 
do you find any common threads? Oh yeah, definitely, man. Whether it whether it's something that I can just understand why they felt like that, why they decided to make that decision, or if it's just a parallel thing that's happened to me in my past. But I really didn't have any any run-ins with gangs or drugs or crime or anything like that. But I I I was sure around it and and I seen it happening but it wasn't anything that i personally dealt with myself but it's always good to see like that hustler mentality and see these guys able to flip their situation into a career that i don't care what anybody says man that these guys they're they're doing it whether you respect what they're doing or not they're they're on the forefront of like the the whole culture of of rap and hip-hop and i feel like rap hip-hop is popular culture right now and it wasn't back in the day yeah so it's i mean i can i can get that from anybody from anybody that i see that took something or took nothing and made it something that's what really intrigues me a lot yeah and Take, i taking nothing and making it into something yeah that's definitely. what i got you i just bought the book from um are you familiar with the brand the hundreds yeah so the one of the uh, co-founders, Bobby Hundreds, he just released a, a autobiography as well, and I'm I'm going through that one, so I'm pretty stoked to finish that book because with that I could tell a lot of parallels, you know, um, skating, rebelling, listening to like punk rock music, kind of being intrigued by that lifestyle, and not really intrigued by the lifestyle of, that most people are, which is gangs drugs you know violence promiscuous sex and things like that you know it's more yeah. more on, on a on a deeper kind of conscious level right so taking it to music what what kind of music do you listen to man everything so i'll have in one mix i'll have rancid then i'll have enya then i'll have gez and then sarah mclaughlin oh nice i man. don't give a fuck i love that i'm like I'm all of it, bro. I love all that. Of it. I have, uh, and, I have jewel in mind for sure. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like if, if somebody has a certain idea of me and they hear me listening to music, they're probably like, what the fuck? Yeah. But I don't care, man. I listen to, I, I listen to all of it, but yeah, I mean, generally I probably am just listening to, I, I'm, I really like G easy a lot. I think G easy is amazing. So what makes so. you gravitate towards him? Uh, I like his hustle for sure. I think he has a real musical talent for sure. And mm-hmm. I think his lyrics are, I just, I don't know. I just think he's got the combination of lyrics and uh, musicality. Yeah. So as far as hip hop, I think g as good as it gets right now. Got you. I haven't really dove into him much. Everything that I've listened to was just the, the mainstream radio stuff. And it was cool, but it was nothing that was really enticing to me. Okay. But uh, I have like a really kind of specific taste for for rap and hip hop music. I, I right now I prefer like the 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 loud hitting beats and the the ignorant raps and things like that. The fun stuff, you know. But definitely, I I came from the uh, the Jay Z, Nas, Wu Tang. Like my my style of music growing up was geared way more towards east coast than it was west coast and that's that's a funny thing to say coming out of socal yeah 
so yeah. I, I was really familiar with uh with lyrics and breakdowns and things like that but i guess sometimes i just like to have fun you know for sure yeah so music is definitely definitely one of my big passions and then um probably around maybe high school time is when i really got into like rock as well uh rock punk rock hard like, hardcore. like um these are gonna be my my top favorites so one of them is newfound glory other one is census fail the chiodos and oh yeah um, i like under oath uh taking back sunday but really, it goes it goes all across the spectrum to some Zeppelin, you know, Van Halen, oh, things like that. Zeppelin is for real. That's the truth. And then um, Story of the Year. Yeah, I like them for hardcore. Yeah, definitely, yeah, man. Story of the Year. And one one cool thing that's going on right now with uh with like rap music. There's the 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 genre of like SoundCloud rappers. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Like so, who? Um, the one of them that I'm really familiar with, or I really like is, uh, Xavier Wolf. So Xavier Wolf, he, he comes out of that SoundCloud, uh, genre of music and he's pretty much one of the biggest ones out, but there's other ones that have made it to mainstream and he's not on that level yet. Okay. I'll check him out. Have yeah. you heard of Mercules? No, I haven't. Dude, you got to check out Mercules. What kind of he's music pretty- is that? So it's like kind of gritty hip hop. He's uh man, he he tells one one story about how he got jumped and how he like he's got a big old scar up his face where like somebody knifed him. Oh like, shit. Up up his face and he's got a song about it. Um and you know that song Havana? Like yeah. Havana, na na uh-huh. na, right? Yeah. Check out check out YouTube. He remixed it and he killed it. And that's that's not on you know, Spotify or anywhere mainstream, but it, it is on YouTube. Yeah. But that would be probably your introduction to Mercules. You should check him out, man. I think you would really dig him. Definitely. I'll, I'll check that out. But um, what I was saying with the the SoundCloud guys is they've managed to take the the um, the part of hardcore and punk rock, like the crowd, um, the crowd participation and put it over into hip hop or, or whatever you would want to call it, rapper hip hop. And it's so sick, bro. I'll go to these concerts and you feel like you're in a punk rock show, bro. The whole crowd is just moving big mosh pits everywhere. And it's like the perfect, the perfect mix of, of, of genres for me. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, for um, sure. An- I'm I'm going to uh I'm going to check that out. Yeah, check them out. Another one. This one is my like probably all-time favorite would be Little Peep. Um have you heard of him before? No. Not Little uh, Pump, Little Peep. There's Little, <laughs> little Peep. P E E P. Yeah. He actually uh passed away uh over a year ago um uh, from a, a drug overdose, which uh, a lot of his music that's you you would have told that he was or you would have known that he was headed down like a scary road but it was from um it was from fentanyl so i don't know if you're familiar with that is that um what is like xanax and a lot of other drugs are getting cut with fentanyl and sometimes you don't know what you're gonna get and you end up overdosing and he was one of them along with mac miller that's how mac miller died as well was from fentanyl But um, Little Peep, man, he, <sighs> I, I think the way that his music is, the his beat selection, and just the, the emo side, the emo lyrics, dude, that's like the perfect pop 
for what I would <laughs> I, I would want to consume as far as music. But um, yeah, dude, it's it's sad, man. A lot of these yeah. kids, I don't think that they understand the the consequences of the things that they're doing, and they're uh, they're definitely living a lot faster than than they yeah. than they should be. You know. Yep. It's hard, man. Uh, I know that there's a lot more pressure. Or, well, let me ask you: How do you feel? Do you feel like there's a lot more pressure on, on the youth nowadays, or do you think that it, it just gets blown up through, no, through social media? I just think, yeah, I just think it gets blown up. I think it's a lot better than it, than everybody makes it out to be. You know, you only see the sensational stories um, because that's how that works, right? Like the algorithm literally only points to the ones that get the most traffic, and the ones that get the most traffic are the most sensational stories. The, the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows, and you rarely see the 90% of the middle of the road, which is what's really going on. So everybody thinks that it's, it's really, really, really terrible because that's what shows up. So no, I don't think that it's that bad, and I don't think that um, kids have it any rougher now than they had it before. I think, um, I, I think that social media or... I think that 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 plays a role in people's perspective of the world. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, um, so. But at the end of the day, there's always been, you know, it was TV is going to ruin the next generation and then social media is going to ruin the next generation and then it'll be the next thing and the next thing. And at, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to not fuck up yeah no definitely man so the way that i look at it you You don't get to you don't get to blame it on somebody else yeah the way i look at things is that you just have to deal with whatever the situation is at that time so whether we're in the climate of social media or if you disagree or agree with how how things are going politically or whatever um you can only do so many so much complaining but at the end of the day this is this is the game that we have to play and either you could keep complaining about it or you could just deal with the 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 cards that you have at hand you know you said it best yesterday in a a post you were talking about hey choose positivity it's way better over here yeah yeah like yo you do you have an option to choose and you know start choosing glass half full yeah i I always tell people that man like a situation is what it is your car blew up that's the situation it's the car doesn't how you react to it that that's on you so whether you choose to react in negative way or in a positive way that changes you but the situation is what it is and and it, maybe if you think about a, a positive situation or in a positive way, maybe you can you can affect the outcome of that down yeah. the line. But yeah. I, I think a, lo- a lot of people really forget that that it's the the situations they're not they're not a certain thing. It's just either black or white. Somebody passed away. This happened. Unfortunately, something went some sort of way, and you have to deal with the the cards that you're dealt at this time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much you can't change the situation necessarily, but you can change how you react to it. And then if you want to be able to influence the situation over time, like focus on your circle of influence, the things that you can influence. And over time, your circle will grow. 
now, the things that you can that the things that you can influence will increase. Now speaking of circle, what does your circle look look like? How, how many friends do you have in, in your circle? Is is it is it a broad circle or so I work all the time and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um so everybody that I spend time with besides my my family, my wife and my son are uh are work related. You know, so all the acquaintances, everybody that I have in my life, um, besides my family, is related to Kaizen Speed in some way. You know, and I've I've been super lucky because I have a lot of I have a lot of really cool people that uh, know about my world, and I get to know about their world, and it it and my world totally revolves around cars, just totally revolves around cars and business and making things and. Yeah. So as far as my circle, they're just all Kaizen Speed related people. So you know? yeah, with with your busy schedule and everything that you have going on, how how are you able to balance a home life with business life? Um, I just go home at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, I've been doing it for a long time. I used to go harder than I go now as far as hours. Yeah. And so yeah, I I know that. Like my family is hugely important to me. They are, um, I just, I love being around them. I'm super lucky, man. When I met my wife, it was like, it was like a movie, you know, like, like, like straight up out of a movie. Like we got together and just clicked like that and haven't spent, you know, any time apart ever since then. And that was 2008. You know, congratulations, man, man. It's just, I, I'm so stoked on that, you know? Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm, it's, it's really good. And so I just, uh, we enjoy being around each other and, um, I have an 18 month old son and man, it's so fun, man. He's just jamming and getting into everything and he's got such a personality and I just, I'm couldn't, I couldn't. I want, I want way more. I want more. I'm working towards it. I enjoy the chase, but I couldn't be happier. Dude, that's what it's all about, man. Congratulations, bro. Thank you, sir. So is that, is that your first child? Yes. Yep. So before you had him and after, did, did you get that feeling that everybody, uh, that everybody talks about that your life just changes? Nope. It di- I didn't. I knew that we were going to have a, a kid. I used to say, we actually used to say, that was one of the things that brought me and my wife together is we're never going to have kids, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, great, finally, I found a girl that doesn't want to have kids just like me, yeah. game on, you know? And then we decided that we did want to have kids because, uh, you know, I want to, I just, we decided that we wanted to. And uh, I just, I knew it was going to be a change, but I've had dramatic changes. I have to roll with the punches. I'm a business owner. And so I just knew that it was going to require a change. And I, man, I just looked at it very matter of factly and knew that, okay, it's going to require a change. I'm going to have to dedicate time to this thing, uh, or, you know, to this change, to my son, to my family. And, um, so I do. So what were some of the biggest changes that you had to make? Probably just, um, making sure that, uh, I'm, I'm always there when I say I'm going to be there, 
So like I can't, it's like, you can't be super late. You can't, you, you're not allowed to forget anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like you can't just off the shell or off the cuff be like, oh yeah, cool. I'll be home by seven and then show up at nine, you know, or eight o'clock or whatever. Um, cause like, for example, my, my wife, um, she does, uh, like group fitness. She, she teaches at the gym, um, after her regular job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she'll come home. And she'll uh, hang out with Atlas for a little bit, and then she has to go by seven fifteen. I got to be home by seven fifteen on you know Tuesdays and Thursdays. Got so, you. So I got to be home at that time. Yeah. You know, so it can't be like eight o'clock or something. So that's probably the biggest change is just making sure that I follow through on all my commitments. You know. So just it's just time to man up. <laughs> so before we get out of here, bro, I uh, I wanted to ask you one last thing. Um, have you ever seen any aliens? <laughs> you you got your uh, Alex Jones on right now, huh? Uh, I've always been into it, bro. I, I've been Fuck, getting into it a lot dude. more, bro. No. Yes. Dude, step away from the crazy, man. You don't believe in aliens? Oh, okay. Hang on. Do as as vast as the universe is, of course there's aliens. Mm-hmm. It's so vast that there's this this relationship between time and space. And so I've always thought, of course there's aliens. It's, it's like infinitely large. Of course life happened on another planet. Right. Um, the question is just whether it happened in the same span of time and in, in any kind of close proximity to us such that they could ever engage with us. Because let's, let's say for example, in the entire history of, um, life on earth, Right. Yeah. Or 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 or, or um, excuse me, not even just life on Earth, but of, of the universe. So picture it uh, as a human being with their hands spread out like this. Yeah. Right? So their hands are spread out like this. That's the entire length of time that the universe has existed. If you took a nail file and filed off the nail, the end of the nail, that's mm-hmm. the entire human experience. Yeah. That's the amount of time. Yeah. So. I guess, um, yeah, I believe I believe aliens existed or exist at some point somewhere. I don't believe that they are uh, actively within any kind of proximity to us. That whatever is going to happen, have it's you not going to be. It's not going to be Independence Day. Have I seen an alien? No. No. Have you seen a ghost? <laughs> have, you seen an, have you seen an alien? No, I would love to. If anybody is listening right now, if you got a meat market. That means come kick it with me. <laughs> Let's do a podcast. I would love to. Oh my but, god. Uh, no, okay. I haven't. Have, have I have I seen a ghost? Yeah. Um okay, full disclosure. Yeah. I my imagination is on another level. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Let's hear it. I'm scared out of my fucking mind if I watch a horror movie and then I'm up in the middle of the night and I'm in my house and it's dark, man, I'm fucking like looking at mirrors thinking something's going to come out of them. Like my imagination (laughs) is just going like, what, what if this happened? My logical side is saying there is less than zero, you know, zero percent chance that that's going to happen. My imaginative side, which runs the show is like, what the fuck? What if that happened? And what if that happened? And what? So, yeah. yeah. So, no, I I don't even do. Dude, I don't even do uh, horror like commercials. If there's like a new horror movie commercial, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like fast forwarding or closing no my eyes. Shit. No shit. Uh, 
dude. I don't do it. But at oh, the same, man. yeah, no, dude. Horror movies, fuck that. Well, My ha- imagination is too wild. You had to have some kind of experience <laughs> then to have that strong of a feeling. Oh man, just just freaks me out. You know what you need to do? You need to get hypnotized, bro, and they'll take you back to when you're seven years old and you saw that alien or something. See, now that's gonna fuck me up. That that thought tonight. <laughs> maybe maybe that maybe that did happen. You never know, bro. You never know what's inside of that brain of yours, man. <laughs> but Reed, dude, this was such a good conversation. I really, really appreciate your time. Yeah, man. I I this has been fun. Hell yeah. For sure. Dude. I've been meaning to get together with you and just shoot the shit for a while. So this is perfect. Ever since do it for a living. Huh? It was it was back in those times. So you yes, said sir. you said you're gonna do some episodes. So you you're gonna do it on that platform. Yep. Do yeah, it. so do it for do it for a living. We're gonna be doing some releasing some new episodes in uh uh August. I'm shooting them. I'm gonna be recording them uh this month in July. Sweet. Do you think that you would ever start a, another platform? Definitely not. No. No. Gotcha. Not a not a new podcast. I'm I'm still uh uh, it's a lot of work to start something up from from scratch, yeah. and I'm still uh, do it for a living. is a good platform, so I'll just use that one. Is it on SoundCloud or iTunes? Uh, yeah, both. Okay, sweet, dope, yep. man. And for sure. So everybody listening right now, um, go ahead and give out your your socials, and um, once again, if you can touch on the uh, the SEMA voting. Yeah, please vote um, for the SEMA for Kaizen Speed. The product is the Kaizen Relay. Um, there's a link. So just click the link, vote for us, and uh, help us help us take. So, yeah, man, vote. There you go. Vote July 29th, guys. So we're definitely yep. going to have the link below. Vote today. Yes. <laughs> you got the papers, Baby. everything. Baby, oh, I need it. You know what? I want to... I- I want to blow this thing out of the water. Oh, yeah, we will. Definitely, man. I'll help you out with posting that up. And um, like if you get started on the social media stuff right now, you you can make a change by that time. If you start today, if you come up with a plan today, your your Instagram will change. I'm going to make you proud, change. Frank. Let's do it, I'm bro. Gonna, I'm going to make you proud. And hey, you know what? Like if you want to like taking something from nothing this is the biggest, scariest thing I've ever done, making this. Really? Because the investment to create the tooling for the plastic injection molds and uh, create – this is the first time I've created a custom PCB. We're on our third revision of uh, a custom printed circuit board. Um, all the electronics inside are, are – that's a new world to, to me. So this has been a, a huge learning experience. But like you said, Downstar represents taking – nothing and turning it into something and this is the biggest representation of that for me so if you can help us take this to fruition and take this all the way through by voting i would be grateful definitely guys if you're listening right now at the bottom in the description it's going to have the link just go click that take a couple minutes and support a member of our community uh, trying to do something man there's not that many people out there that uh that are trying to push forward so you got to support those people that are but um, I wish you the best of luck. I'm gonna do all that I can on my end to help out, and I don't Thank see you, uh, I don't see you not making it, man. I think this is gonna be something good. So once again, guys, this is uh, Downtime with Downsar, episode 85. Reed from Kaizen Speed. Thank you, man. Any last words? Thank you. 
Thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm following you and I'm watching you and I wish you the best. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a good day. Peace. Later.